Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay. Oh, yeah. the, okay. Okay. I got, I got points, rebounds, assists, turnovers, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage. So got plenty for Giannis. So we'll have plenty of Giannis to talk about today. Uh, but I we are back. Rhetorical question, by the way. I have a rhetorical question. When a rhetorical ready. question? All right. Yes. We'll have lots of stuff to talk about. Definitely going to be a fun, exciting episode to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks during because the Bucks just apparently went to the West Coast with reckless abandon and decided to score 130 plus every game this weekend. Yeah. So, and uh, between Thursday and today. Um, but we are back. We're going to be talking a lot of basketball, uh, mainly Bucks and Badgers. But before we start, I I need to say something. So last week and the week before and probably the week before, Jake keeps reiterating, you do not trade the MVP. And I agree with him. I You don't trade the MVP. And it, it's absolutely baffling to me how many people want to kick off a rebuild. I, I just can't wrap my head around why you want to rebuild. I get wanting to get value for guys while the value is there. The fact of the matter is there is not a realistic package that we can get for Rogers and Devante that will make Jordan love and whoever else we have into instant contenders. If you want to compete for a championship, you keep your proven players around. So I decided to go and look if MVP has ever been traded. And I went and found it like, Let's be honest. Like Rogers is going to win the MVP. It's he already won the. That's why he went the associated. Like yeah, he already won the Associated Press Most Valuable Player or whatever. But um, so I decided to look it up, and what I found was the NFL MVP has never been traded. Only two times in NFL history has he not played for the same team next year, and both of them were people that retired, and it was in like the <laughs> 1960s. Oh Jesus! So. In the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, in history, only twice has an MVP ever been traded. Mm-hmm. And they were both baseball players, and they both got acquired by the same team. And I'll give you a random guess if you want to guess who they were. Or who the they were acquired or by. The team. The team. I'll never be able to guess the players. That is ridiculous because baseball's been going on forever. But team... I'm just gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say the Yankees. It's the Yankees. They acquired oh, A-Rod. That was the easiest part. Of the A-Rod whole and John Carlos Stanton. They acquired both of them after their MVP seasons. Oh well, I didn't know that. Has never happened in the NBA. Has never happened in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is not getting traded. Also, stop talking about him like he's a damn free agent. He is under contract. He does not get to decide where he goes. So, as far as control, he only gets to say, yeah, I don't want to be in Green Bay. The Packers, after that, have all the control and can decide where he wants to go. Now, Mm -hmm. I have a question. Since it seems like everybody that's saying this is in a certain age group, um, (laughs) I want to know if any of them were saying, let's trade Brett Favre 
Do you think any of them were saying that? You know, because Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl, and he won three MVPs. Were any of them saying, let's trade Brett Favre, let's start a rebuild? When Rodgers was going to come in? No, they were all crying that they wanted Brett Favre back. So it's all, you know what it is? It's personal feelings. It's your personal feelings towards towards people. And it's it's very similar to to how people deal with Chris Middleton. So we get a little bit of a transition here, but because personal feelings towards players impact your perception of them, you will find reasons to back up what you think about players. You will. Because Middleton had a tale of two halves last night, and we'll get to the Lakers game. But because you don't like somebody personally, you will find reasons to support the way you think. So as as podcasters, as showrunners, as content creators, what Jake and I would encourage you to do is take a step back. Just take a step back. Reevaluate. Yeah. It's okay to to admit something like, you know, that's you have a different way of thinking than I do. We can talk about it without having to to get personal, to call somebody a fake fan or a hater or yeah. or calling people names and dumb shit like that. Like we are fans of the same team. Middleton's an all-star. Cheer for Middleton. Yeah, you made the all-star team. Ha ha for your team not making it. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand like how people are like, he doesn't deserve to be an all-star, and I'm a Bucks fan. It's like he's an all-star. Be happy for him. He's on your team. Yeah, I don't know. Like having two all stars means that your team's pretty good. They honestly. should have three, but I mean, you know, that's I, neither here should. nor there. But what I what I would encourage you to do, and this is something that I I feel that I never do, and if I do, it's probably because I'm upset or angry at the time. But don't don't put yourself in a situation of dealing in absolute. So I'll give you an example. Today I saw that the Bucks. We're going to talk about trades today. Um, the Bucks have re um, have reignited trade talks with the Indiana Pacers about Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. And the first comment I see on somebody that shared the article about it is impossible. It's literally possible. Like I, I like it's it's possible. I like he's like how? I'm like I went into a trade machine. I put Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo for Miles Turner, clicked try trade, and it popped up success. It's literally possible. <laughs> I'm like, I it mean, took me 20 seconds to figure out. Yeah. So putting yourself in, in a situation where it's like, Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. I'm 100% certain. Like, I just, I don't know. I can't get behind the, the dealing in such absolute to a point where you get somewhere where you can't admit that you're wrong. And we know people like this. Yeah, I was just—I I was giving you the eye roll. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we know people like this. Like, it's 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 okay to blindly support your team, but also be able to to admit when you're wrong about something. I like, I'll, like a like a perfect example is before the Packers played the 49ers, we made the meme of of uh, Timmy T, Jimmy G, Joey B. Doesn't matter. Packers by thirty. The Packers lost. We didn't delete that. We left it up. We're we're here to support our team. Yeah, the Packers lost. It sucks. Credit to the 49ers. Nice. They they are 0 and 4 after they beat Aaron Rodgers. So good for them. Like <laughs> But just to just to not ever be able to admit when you're wrong and not ever be able to try to look at something from somebody else's perspective, it 
it makes me sad for people, honestly, to have such a, a pessimistic view of their their sports teams. Because if that's how you look at your sports team, I can't imagine how you look at your life. I mean, I'm not uh, not going to get into that. But, yeah, definitely, you know, okay. I've said this for a long time, and it's kind of stupid. But this is, this is true. It's true. I've always said the best and worst part about America in general, the country, is that everybody has an opinion, and everybody thinks theirs is right. And it's, it's true. It's so stupid and simple, but it's true. I, I mean, I'm a merchandiser. You've been a merchandiser. Mm-hmm. So we're out there in the field. We get to talk to people day to day, right? Yep. I've had a lot of conversations in my life. And lately, it's been a lot of Packers conversations. And uh, it's just it's silly hearing all the conclusions that people come to in their, in mm-hmm. their head. You know, of, of where he's going to go. Oh, he's going to go to Tennessee. He's going to go to Denver. He's going to go to Pittsburgh. He's going to Oakland. You know, I heard one, he's going to the Chargers. I heard he's going to the Seahawks. And now, I mean, now I'm starting to hear that um, Devontae and, and Alan Lazard are interested in going to the Bears. For what reason would they be interested why, in the Bears? Why the hell would you go to the Bears? Oh, maybe because it's Justin Fields was the top-selling jersey in Wisconsin. Because of Getsky. That's what I heard. Hmm. That's what I heard. So I mean, if you if you look at it from that perspective, you kind of add one plus one. It makes sense, you know, just because of that. But I mean, you're going from Aaron Rodgers to Justin Fields. I don't understand. And a, a new head coach, and a new GM, and a terrible offensive line, and an yeah. aging defense, and like no first round picks. Yeah, I think with Green Bay would definitely be your best choice to win if you're yeah. trying to win. Yeah. So, I guess big takeaway for the first 10 minutes that we've spent talking already is just when you're talking about sports with people, just don't don't overreach and put yourself into a position where you're dealing in an absolute and can't admit that you're wrong ever. Because we're all fans of the same team. I mean, not all of us. Like, James likes to watch our show, and he's a, a Saints, Predators, Red Sox, Celtics fan. But he's, you know... James. He's actually, a, you know, a good guy. So, James, tell uh, tell the Celtics to stop being stingy, man. Just accept the trade. <laughs> you only really we, going nowhere anyway. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk trades, but before we do, we're gonna start with the Trailblazers game, and this this really kicked off not only the West Coast road trip, but the the insane scoring and the the Bobby Portis trio of games where he goes nuts. Um, so. Let's start with Tampa. I almost said Tampa Bay because I have TB written down for Trailblazers. Let's start with the Trailblazers game. First of all, Chipper, I'm going to need you to calm down. Thank you very much. Uh, first thing I want to start up by saying, and you you said that they scored 130, you know, in all games, which they did. They scored 137, yep. 137 back-to-back days. And then last night against the Lakers, scored 131. That is a grand total of 405 points in three games. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the starting five, and I know there was a game in there where Grayson Allen didn't start, you know, the second yep. game of the back-to-back. But the starting five, phenomenal for three straight games. Absolutely on fire. Tomorrow night is going to be really, really fun, and we're going to talk about that. That's going to be a great game. That's going to be an awesome game. You know the Suns. Uh, I don't want to talk about it yet. I'm so excited. Ah, I know. That. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So, first of all, this game, uh, big takeaways. Um, the first thing you look at is you always expect either Giannis or Middleton to be completely honest, when you look at it, you expect Giannis and Middleton to be the leading scorers, right? Almost right. every time. 
Yep. The leading scorer in this game was Bobby Portis with a freaking <laughs> 30-piece, man. And Six he only of eight played like three. like three quarters for the most part. I mean, I mean, he put up a Giannis game because Giannis literally averages all of his points in three quarters. Uh, Bobby Portis, 34-5, and five, 11 of 13, 6 of 8 from deep. That's disgusting. I mean, he added one steal and two blocks as well. So, I mean, a great game from Bobby Portis. Um, on top of that, I mean, Giannis, 29-9-6. He played great. 4 of 7 from 3 for him. So, that's crazy. Giannis is hitting four threes. It's pretty much over for you. And he didn't have um, to take 12. Right. I mean, 8 of the 10 players off the bench – that came off the bench, scored in this game. This was just an all-around. And, yes, we know Portland doesn't have anybody. But you can gain momentum from playing these bad teams. You know, yep. Tyler calls them get-right games. I yep. agree with that. You know, the Bucks needed a, a little bit of a, a kickstart to this road trip. They got one in the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are in full fire sale mode, and the Bucks took advantage of that. I mean, look at listen to the stats. Field goal percentage, that. 53%. Well, I mean, go ahead. I mean, three-point three percentage, 46%, 23 of 50. They have 44 rebounds and 36 assists. Here's the most disgusting thing. So I was talking to Tyler about this, actually, and I'm really excited to say this. I was like, damn, man, 36 assists. That's, that's, I, I was like, man, I got Bobby Portis eyes looking at this, right? So I was like, I want to look up the team record because, you know, at this point I'm thinking 36 assists is a bunch, so I want to see what the team record is, right? I look it up. The team record, and this is an NBA record, 53 assists in one game against the Detroit Pistons in 1978. 53 assists. That is absolutely bonkers, dude. You know, <laughs> that was probably the game of Scott Skiles at 30. No, he was on the Magic. I know. I was just saying that because he was oh. a Bucks coach for a while. That sucked. So, one <laughs> last thing that I did because I was really interested because I was like, man, we got a bunch of scoring, a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of assists, you know. I totaled out all of the scoring and all the field goal percentage. Hi, Courtney. For for the for the starting five, just the starting five. The starting five had 90 points, 22 rebounds, damn, 26 assists. They shot 30 of 48 on field goals. That is 62 percent. And they were 15 of 27 on threes. Damn. 55 percent, dude. That's damn. insane. That is so, insane. <clears throat> what I like about this game. Is that um, the Bucks' approach to not caring about what seating they're in? Mm-hmm. It also applies to the players on the team. So you can see a parallel where the Bucks are, you know, they're they're going to ebb and flow wherever they end up. Just, uh-huh. I mean, they lost to Cleveland what two weeks ago, and they were in like the sixth seed, and now they're what a half a game out of first. Yeah, or they might, be, yeah. So they're a half game. I did, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but look at the, the scorers. Jake brought it up. You expect Giannis or Middleton to be the leading scorers every game. This game, it was Bobby Portis. And they're, you know, Middleton only had 14 points in this game. He shot 6 of 13, so he's just under 30%, or just under 50%. But he also added 7 assists and 5 steals. Yeah. That's 14, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, and 5 steals. In a game where Bobby Portis had 30 and Giannis had 29, 9, and 6. Yee. Unstoppable. <laughs> Un- who is stopping that? And we'll, we're going to, we when we talk about the Clippers game, it's going to be a lot of the same. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, seeing the way that guys can allow other guys to be the scorers, and then when we get to the playoffs and everybody 
feels like they can be the leading scorer that night, that is dangerous if you are going up against the Bucks. If you got seven, you got seven guys that can walk out onto the court and feel like they can lead your team in scoring. How do you how do you defend that? You you don't. You don't. Because I mean, we you'd mentioned already that Grayson Allen didn't play in the Clippers game. Pat Connaughton was a huge part of the Bucks blowing this game open. He was. So back on the Portland game, they were very shorthanded. Mm-hmm. The Portland Trailblazers were. Um, mm-hmm. They had three out of their four guys that they just traded for, so they had some other guys available. Um, but the Bucks had some reinforcements too, bringing back Greg Monroe, bringing back Ooh. Moose. Yes. <laughs> so I, I looked up what Budenholzer said about him because Jason Kidd was the coach and we had um, Greg Monroe the first time, so Budenholzer hasn't had Greg Monroe yet. But Budenholzer said this. He's a proven pro, a veteran, has some relationships and some familiarity with guys in our locker room, and we felt like he fit a lot of the things that we needed, which is basically just a guy to play center and take some minutes away from Bobby because he's averaging a career high year, career high in minutes this year. So just looking to take some minutes away from Bobby while Brooke Lopez gets healthy. No. Brooke Lopez went to his doctor appointment in um, L.A. He's on mm-hmm. track with his recovery. So hopefully after the All-Star break, we'll have a target date for Brooke Lopez. Um, I'm going to hold on to March 1st because that's the day that I've been saying. So I'm just going to hold on to that and see if I end up being right. Um, Greg Monroe comes into this game, scores on his first possession. (laughs) (laughs) So just, you know. And and Buck Station was losing their shit. Right? (laughs) He did the and one. He did that last night too. So that happened. Uh, (laughs) So Tish, what happened to DeMarcus Cousins? He... He's DeMarcus Cousins. He's out there collecting texts and not making shots. Yep. I don't he's collecting ten days. Oh man. I could see I could see if the Bucks don't make any you know what, I'll save that for the deadline deal. We'll come back to Greg Monroe. No, I got a question. Uh, I got a question. Okay. So is Bucks Nation and Milwaukee Bucks Nation and all these other groups that we're in, are they gonna freak out when DeMarcus Cousins is a free agent again? And we signed Greg Monroe for the rest of the year? Dude, the number of people that I saw saying we let DeMarcus Cousins go for Greg Monroe as if the transactions didn't happen a month apart from each other. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was going to have a stroke the other day. Dude, I'm seriously finding out a shit ton about all these people. I I know who you are as a person now because of how you freak out about sports. I clearly know that you're not over your (laughs) ex-girlfriend. You haven't let that go. She doesn't love you, Tyrone. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I had to say. So, oh man, the fact that people think that we let Demarcus Cousins go to bring in Greg Monroe when the trans the transactions were literally a month apart from each other. Demarcus Cousins cutting him saved one point four million dollars. He shot twenty five percent on threes, and he's just old and slow. He's literally the same age as Greg Monroe, so people being like, Greg Monroe is old and washed up. Like, what do you think DeMarcus Cousins is? Yeah, we're not 17 anymore, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah Giannis is still really young, but that's because he came into the league when he was like 11. Yeah, um, right. Seems like it. <laughs> looks like it. Seriously. <laughs> um, so, Greg Monroe is here to get the Bucks through the trade deadline and potentially through Brook Lopez's return. That's it. That's that. Back to the Trailblazers. 
Um, so teams learned not to mock the belt when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. Just don't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, it's a nail in the coffin if you do. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, don't mock Giannis because he will hit three straight threes on you. Yeah, that was badass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why you think, oh, man, I just don't know what goes through your mind when you think that it's a good idea to mock one of the most dominant dudes in the league. You know, early in the game, my dad brought this up when I was a young kid. And I believe we were watching the Packers, and Brett Favre was actually the quarterback, and Favre got laid out, right? And Favre was one of those guys, when he got laid out, the lights turned on, right? Because sometimes they were mm-hmm. a little dim, probably from popping all those pills, but neither here nor there, right? So, anyways, my dad brings it up. He's like, you know, I don't understand. All these guys are great athletes, and you know what this guy does, right? Why would you talk shit and give him a reason to destroy you? That just makes no sense to me. Like, Giannis can already dunk on your entire franchise and your city, <laughs> and now you're just going to make him mad. That just makes you're no just sense. You're, just, you're literally giving just, him a motive to want to destroy you. That, uh, poke the bear. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Not poking a bear. No. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, cool. and early in the game, it's it's different if you if you dunk on somebody with, like, 30 seconds left in a game and you're up by 20. Yeah, yeah, Or, yeah. Like, like, Johnny Davis was doing the L when they were leaving the – the floor at Michigan State. Right. Which was kind of badass, I'm not gonna lie, but we'll get to that. Um but why you would why you would mess with Giannis in the first quarter of a game. <sighs> bad call by you. I, I, I just bad idea. Know. Yeah. Giannis hit three threes in a row. Obviously en route to a, a monster game. Um <sighs> Bucks cooled off a little bit early in the second quarter, started turning the ball over a little bit, let the Trailblazers kind of get back into it. Um they just pushed the lead back out. It's just what they did. Um, third quarter came around. Great ball movement. Middleton was hitting guys with passes. Shots just weren't going down. But no turnovers for the first five minutes of the third quarter. They stretched the lead back out. And then from there on, the route was on. And the fourth quarter was just the reserves getting minutes. The the thing that the Bucks are doing right now, um, and this is uh, – going to apply, you know, from probably about a month ago when people were really freaking out like, oh, the Bucks are not going to be a title it continues again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, we've been hearing that all year. The Bucks, what they're doing is they're starting to turn it on now, okay? Because after the All-Star break, all the real teams will start to show up, okay? So yep. right the now they're doing, out of the way. they're doing a little pre-build, getting us some of the, some of the uh, hijinks out, all this little kink out here, get this out, get this out, right? And then after the All-Star break, after they all have their break, they're going to come back and they're just going to start destroying some people, man. And it, and the Bucks, it, it's the Bucks, the Warriors, and the Suns right now. Those are the top three teams in the NBA. Um, I can't – I mean, I know the East is better, but yep. you look at the Nets. I, the Bulls are terrible against top teams. I mean, the Raptors have our number, but in the playoffs – I mean, if they we're gonna, get there. <laughs> no, they'll, I mean, they'll probably they'll, get there, I would assume. They'll probably be I in mean, the play-in. But they're, I think they're the sixth seed right now, aren't they? Or are they the seven? I don't know. The, the East is so weird because like we, yeah. we talked about it last week. We're like the one through six was separated by like three games. So Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is it, right now, if the, Buc, like, if the Bucks don't make the finals, I will legitimately be more shocked than the Packers not making the Super Bowl. Football's different. It's one and done any given Sunday. That's yeah. a saying yep. for a reason, yep. right? Yep. Basketball, 
they they play so many games, right? It could be a seven game series. The better team usually comes out on top, no matter what. Seven game series, the Bucks over basically everybody in the East is really. I mean, you could take the field. I'll take the Bucks. That's how I feel. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So Giannis is talking about this, and you already talked about mentioning the All Star break. The Bucks are aware of this, so Giannis was talking about it. He said that they're trying to string wins together against teams that are already mentally and physically in the all-star break. Yep. So you got teams that are kind of just treading water, just like, oh, we just need to get to the all-star break. We need to get to the all-star break. And the Bucks are focused on playing good basketball and grabbing a bunch of wins going into the all-star break, getting that momentum. Yep, 100%. 100%. So they're aware of it, that teams are kind of mentally and physically already on the all-star break. You know, the, the, you know, the rosters are announced – um Giannis and his brothers are competing in the skills challenge together yeah, it's gonna be sick um dude. that's cool it's the Giannis it's the Giannis brothers um the Anitokounmpo's versus the Cavaliers three and three rookies so it's like the the bros the Cavs and the Rooks are like the three teams for the skills oh, challenge okay okay um let's go Bucks. <laughs> so yeah um Let's talk about the Clippers game, and then I have a couple things that I want to ask before we get to the Lakers game. So let's talk about the Clippers game. Clippers game, man. Also, I mean, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. The Bucks just shot the hell out of the ball this week. Um, Giannis, 28-10-5. I mean, that's that's a Giannis game. Um, I, want, I wrote down Greg Monroe for this game because he played 14 minutes, and he was a plus 13 in those 14 minutes. That's impressive to me. 9-4, comes off the bench, gets some buckets. He doesn't have to do anything, right? And the thing about it, you know, people are looking at Boogie Cousins because he could drive from the three-point line. He could do a spin move and finish. It's like, okay, so what? So Drew Holiday creates, dumps a pass down to Greg Monroe, and he finishes the layup. It's still two points. Yep. It is still two points that yep. could lead to a win. Doesn't matter to me. So – you know, to continue this trend, I mean, Chris Middleton, 17-6-5. I mean, that's a good game. Back-to-back game, shooting 6-13. of 13. It's not terrible. You can live with that. No. Uh, Bobby Portis, 24-11. and 11. Drew Holiday, though, man, 27-5-13. What a monster. If you get those games and you know you're going to get the defense, right? Drew Holiday's defense is the one guaranteed thing. I mean, he usually passes the ball and handles the ball very well, too. But his defense is the one guarantee. You get him scoring 27 with 13 assists. <laughs> the Bucks are pretty damn near impossible to beat. In this game, I saw a stat. The Bucks are the first team to have all five starters score 15 points and hit two three-pointers, at least two three-pointers. Hmm. First team ever in NBA history. That's interesting. That's, that's, we that's, should post that. Uh, hey, we could post that. We should post Let's, that. We got to find a picture with all of them in, in one thing. That's what I would I can say. do that. I can find it. All right, so this game, Giannis still hot from the three-point line early in the game. Middleton got an offensive rebound that led to a three. Drew Holiday had like a Dr. J-style layup at like five five nineteen mark. Um, he had like a weird like up under whatever. Uh, and then Middleton beat the buzzer at the uh, at the end of the first quarter. And then right before halftime, Middleton had another buzzer beater. Hit like a jab step on Reggie Jackson, like put him on skates, and then Middleton drove and kicked out to Bobby Portis for a three for a buzzer beater before half. Then, starting in the third quarter, the Bucks go on a 19 to 5 run, including 
four threes by Pat Connaughton. That's how. How can you not love Pat Connaughton? I don't understand. I don't know why you can't love Pat Connaughton. He leads the the Bucks in games played this year. He's played in fifty three of the fifty six Bucks games, and he's shooting over forty one percent on threes. That's a stat for you. How like, like he's one. he's doing more for the Bucks than Joe Harris is doing for the Nets than Duncan Har- than Duncan Robinson is doing for the Heat. He's, I mean, he's the ultimate cleanup guy, really. He's a, he's a, like you. I think you called him a Swiss Army knife last week. Yeah, he, and he that's what he is. I mean, he does everything. He can finish at the rim, rebound, dive on the floor, shoot threes. He dunked he on compete. somebody last night. I think it was Monk. And he he competes. That's the bottom line. And there's you know there'll there'll be games here and there. We'll have like seven rebounds. So like, he has he had a couple off nights shooting for a little stretch there. He was in a little bit of a slump, but I don't I don't know how you can still not love Pat Connaughton with the way that he plays and like how efficient he's been. Um, Let me ask you a Middleton question real quick. Sure. Since I'm thinking of it right now. So do you remember when LeBron went to Miami, right? And people were congratulating Dwayne Wade for him taking a back seat for the better of the team. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the people did the same thing with Curry because he took a back seat for the better of the team. Why do people not give Giannis? Because Chris Middleton can go out there and he can get 30. He could every single Oh, game. he could, yeah. Why do people not He wanted respect, to shoot 20 shots a game. Why don't people congratulate Chris Middleton for doing that same thing? Chris Middleton's a, I mean, he start, he's a three-time All-Star now. He's a champion. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter. He's always competing for the 50, 40, 90. He's really on the cusp of star, in my opinion, if you take longevity into it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how I used to feel, but I'm just being an honest basketball fan. Why aren't people congratulating Chris Middleton on taking a back seat, you know, to Giannis when he really is doing everything for the better of the team? He's taking a back seat to Drew Holiday every once mm-hmm. in a while. That's now, yeah, that's Portis, it. You know, so Middleton Middleton rides shotgun with Giannis, right? Yep. That's that's how I'm going to say that. Giannis is driving the car. Middleton's riding shotgun. Yep. You got Bobby Portis and Drew Holiday sitting in the back seat, and they say, "Hey, Chris, I want some leg room. Let me hop in the front seat for a little bit." Middleton's gonna be like, "Yep, okay." The the Clippers, the Trailblazers, I mean, even the Lakers game are perfect examples of that. Where and that's why I brought up the thing with the seating, because, um, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks are gonna get whatever seed they get. They're not fighting for the one seed. They're not, you know. They're not fighting for home court advantage throughout the playoffs. They're they're focused on themselves, not everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate to be a Brooklyn Nets fan right now because that team has just insane amount of problems to deal with right now. And they have no depth to try to hold them together. Absolutely zero. <sighs> they and traded all, it all to get Harden. And they're a thousand. <laughs> they're yeah. best players. <laughs> so what what matters is when you get to the playoffs. Chris Middleton is going to be like, all right, yeah, I'm riding shotgun. That's, you know, he's not going to be, hey, I need to I need to be the second leading scorer every game. I need to handle the ball twice as much as everybody else except for Giannis. He's just going to do his thing. I'm going to I'm going to criticize Middleton a little bit when we talk about the Lakers game just because it was kind of a tale of two halves with him. Mm. But I don't 
he's he is one of those players where your personal perception of him is going to be how you see him play. If you personally don't like him, you're going to see the second half of the Lakers games where he was 0 for 6 and not the first half where he was, what, like 8 of 12 and at 21 points. You're going to be like, oh, he's stuck in the second half against the Lakers game. Or he only scored 17 points in the Clippers game. Or he only scored 14 points in the Trailblazers game, but leaving out the seven assists and five steals. Or the fact that he was six of 13 and that's just under 50% shooting. Right. I mean, the, the worst part about it is, and it goes back to athleticism, I've seen so many people say, I just don't like his game. What do you not like about Chris Middleton? He plays both right? ends of the court. He yep. shoots threes. He makes free throws at an alarming rate. He's one of the yeah. best free throw shooters in the league. Yep. He can he can be a pick and roll ball handler, and he can get his shot, or he can pass the ball. The only thing that I'll ever criticize Middleton for is when he dribbles too much, and then he tries to force a pass or he forces a shot. That's yep. it. Sometimes he gets into trouble when he dribbles too much. That is it. That is the whole yep. end of all bad Chris Middleton talk. I mean – it, will he get scored on by some people? Yeah, everybody gets scored on. Giannis gets scored Giannis, on. Yeah, Giannis gets He's one of the best defenders in the league. He gets scored on. I mean, my dad said, I just don't think he's a good ball handler. He's yeah, not that great of a ball handler. He's that's, not. Why he got in, that's why he got in the turnover trouble when Drew was out. He's not. He's and not a point guard. <laughs> when we had Eric Bledsoe, because Bledsoe wasn't that great of a ball handler either. Look oh, at Drew Holiday. Don't, Holiday. don't bring up Eric Bledsoe when we just got done talking about the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm mad. Drew Holiday is an elite ball handler, right? That's why you bring a guy like Drew Holiday, elite defender, elite ball handler. You know, when when he's right, he's got that thing right on a string. It's attached to him. So you bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, take some of those those ball handling responsibilities away from Chris Middleton. You allow him to be an off-ball player, which is what he naturally is anyways. He mm-hmm. could be a shooter. He has yep. bad nights. I mean, 6 of 13 isn't the greatest stat line of all time. But when you have Bobby Portis and Giannis and Drew Holiday and all these other shooters, you know, going crazy, you can live with it. And he, <laughs> he's looking, looking – Don't Tim. do it, Tim. You're going to get me mad. Don't <laughs> do it. A, Don't talk about I mean, Bledsoe. Don't do it. Mid- Middleton is fine. Middleton is fine. People just need to, to chill. Middleton, he's got game, okay? At the end of the day, he's got game. That's all I'm going to say. And when it comes to the playoffs, that's that's where I think the, the switch, switch – the switch flips for Middleton is in the playoffs because yeah. you know he's he's really a low key guy. He's a good guy to have in Milwaukee, second to Giannis because he's not he's not a I need to get mine type of player. He can he can take that back seat to Bobby Portis when he's going nuts. He's gonna pass to Bobby Portis. He's not gonna be like oh Bobby took the last four shots. I don't care that he made them. He's gonna feed Bobby because Bobby's going crazy. Or, you know, he's, you know, at he's times it gets him into That's some trouble. That's how best works. Yeah. rhythm sport. Right. He's not – he does force some shots and some passes at times, but that's, mm-hmm. to me, usually honestly happens more when they're up big in games that he kind of loses that focus a little bit where it's just like, you know, you're just kind of playing basketball until the game's over. Um, but that's that's the grind of the NBA season. That's That's tough. This is they literally talk about it all the time that these are the you know the dog days that's the that's the hard period to get through the January to March um, part of the season from Christmas to the All Star break basically that's the that's the hard part of the season to maintain the focus mm-hmm. so 
you know, as long as he's not turning the ball over a ton, like you said, he's going to flirt with the 50, 40, 90. He's, mm-hmm. He'll take a back seat to guys scoring sometimes. He's, he's an efficient player, and he does play defense. People acting like he doesn't play defense. He does play defense. Uh, he is a positive defense box plus minus guy, so I don't know. He's not I mean, he's, he's not an all-NBA defense, exactly. but he's, but a he's good still defender. a solid defender. Yeah. And he was, and he, it's it's the same people. I'm sorry. It's the same people that say, yeah. oh, Kevin Durant's a two-way player. The same people that say Kevin Durant is a two-way player are the people that are saying Middleton is not, and that is just ridiculous. They are mm-hmm. clearly the same tier. The only difference is, is that Kevin Durant's arms go from here to freaking Oshkosh, from Nina to Oshkosh. I mean, his arms are just long. Yeah, He's <laughs> four inches taller than Middleton. Yeah, he's massive. So, and, and Middleton, honestly, he draws the toughest assignment usually on defense because Giannis has had to play so much center this season. Yeah. Dude, they had a nasty lineup in the game last night. I loved it. Love that lineup. I don't know why. Just something about it. I was like, man, you got speed, you got ball handling, you got shooting. You got Giannis, who's a mismatch against power forwards. Now you got a center on him. It's over. You're forced to go small with that lineup. Yeah, dude, LeBron couldn't stop Giannis last night. Now that Giannis – all right, hold on. We're getting – all right, hold on. Bro. I got a little bit more to say about the Portland game, and then we're going to talk about the Lakers say about that Lakers game, bro. Oof. So – Portland cut the lead at 9 minutes, 12 seconds of the fourth quarter, down to single digits. The Bucks responded on a 17-9 run in the next four minutes and change. Uh, this was the first time in the season that the Bucks had three players over 24 points, Bobby, Giannis, and Drew. And then, yeah, I already mentioned Pat Connaughton. You know, between Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, letting those guys take the pressure off the big three for a little bit, only going to benefit the Bucks. Because yeah. those guys do have the killer mentality. They can flip that switch. The Bucks aren't a team getting ready to contend. The Bucks are contenders. They know when to step their game up. So letting Bobby and Pat and even Grayson Allen build some confidence in these middle-of-the-year games only going to benefit you come playoff time. Those guys are going to have higher confidence in themselves and their abilities and their scoring and their shooting and you know just the the chemistry of the team like stop stop complaining about stats in the middle of the year when the bucks are winning dude i'm i'm going to say this until the end of the year until we win our second title grayson allen has game bro get grayson allen can ball dude he, he did some he some dirty stuff ball. yesterday he can get to the rim he can shoot bro like he can handle. He play. Oh my god! Dude, he I love threw Grayson some nice Allen. passes last night, dude. Grayson Allen. That bounce pass ball. that he had last night in between two dudes to Giannis. Yeah, oh, dude, he can that ball. Was a nice pass. Yeah, he can ball. I love some. I hope Allen stays, man. Man, at first he got I was extended like, already, so he's. Here I was like, man, I, I I love Dante. Like I do. I I personally love Dante. Maybe it's because we drafted him. I'm not really sure, but I love Dante. I am, you know, because of Grayson Allen. I'm okay trading Dante now. Grayson Allen is a stud. He, he's, he's a low-key stud. He's one of those guys when he can trip people too, Dad. I don't think he does that anymore. But, you know, he, he, you come into the game and you're like, oh, we got to stop Giannis, we got to stop Middleton, we got to stop Drew Holiday. And all of a sudden you got Bobby Portis shooting 40% on three. You got Grayson Allen. You got Pat Connaughton. Maybe Let's Brooke see. Lopez pretty soon. I mean, what do you It was the do? Wizards game. Grayson Allen had eight points in like the first five minutes of that game. Yeah, I remember. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bucks are hella fine. I wanted to say so, this real quick. Um, is it about the Clippers game yet, or are we switching to Lakers? Yeah, yeah no, it's about Clippers. Um, okay. 
So I did the totals for this game as well, and it's even more mind-boggling than the Trailblazers game, by the way. So they scored 137, right, back-to-back games. In this game, the starters scored 114 of the 137. They had 37 of the 50 rebounds. They had 24 of the 28 assists. They made 39 of 65 shots. That's 60%. And they were 16 of 27 on threes. They had 16 of the 19 three-pointers just in the starting five. Went nuts. That's awesome. Nuts. Um, the Clippers and Trailblazers game were the first back-to-back games where the Bucks won the third quarter. Oh, my God. Now look it, at this. And now it's three in a row. Look at this guy. I like those little nuggets he put in. Yeah. Nice. I like those. <laughs> um, Pat, unfortunately, with Dante being a restricted free agent at the end of the year, I don't think they get the luxury of waiting a year for him with the injury. Um, yeah. if, if teams are interested in him, he's going to get dealt. He's not going to get the, the year to wait because he's a restricted free agent. Um, no, yeah. we were talking if he about wasn't a free agent, before. yeah, we're going to talk about trading after the Lakers game, but, um, yeah, just with, with Dante, he's, he's not going to get that year just because he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So, um, that's tough. Yeah. That's just unfortunate. It's just the way it goes. And the bucks already basically have a replacement for his role. So, Still I mean, love Dante. Still love yeah. Dante. I do. Yeah, but. it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way it goes. But business. All right, let's talk about the Lakers game. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> so I'm gonna do my rhetorical question now, and okay. you can answer if you want. But I'm gonna laugh because it's hilarious to me. Um, no, I'm not giving up on him, Dad. I still love Dante. I, got, I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not saying the Bucks need to trade him. But right, I'm saying either, but he's going to be the guy that gets traded if they're doing they, a trade. He's young, and he's got talent, right? Like, he, he's got potential. I mean, those are all the things that you look for in a trade package. He's going to be the main piece if we're going to get a, mm-hmm. another backup big or something. Yeah. But here's my question. So do you remember – I mean, I know you remember the feeling of winning the title, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the offseason, you know, you turn on Center, but – I'd say about two weeks after, right? It was definitely before this. But you <laughs> bring back blitz. So this guy Tim's just pushing buttons. Jake's you gonna be doing the show by himself pretty quick here. And you're you would forget that the Bucks <laughs> You forget that the Bucks won the title because all anybody was talking about was the Lakers, who are currently the ninth seed in the West, and the Nets, who are currently the eighth seed in the East and lost nine in a row. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember that. That was just... Pepperidge Farm remembers. I remember that. I remember that. I mean, come on now. I remember I remember 65,000 people showing up outside the Pfizer Forum to watch the Bucks game. Yes. Yes. I remember what a time. Giannis dropping a 50-piece in game six. I remember the Bucks beating the Hawks twice in a row without Giannis. That's where Middleton started owning that stadium. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lakers are a little washed. That's yeah. that's still one of the like one of the main driving forces with Jake and I doing this show. Is it's called the Wisco Fanatics? It's not called Sports Fanatics. It's not called ESPN because we talk about Wisconsin. They don't. And if they do, it's Stephen A. talking shit about the city of Milwaukee. Or Skip Bayless saying dumb shit that like Fields is on the same level as Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers only threw for 200 yards and then still passed for two touchdowns and ran one in. <laughs> the the fact that 
anybody can take this much time out of their day to talk about Wisconsin in between New York and L.A., oh, it's, it's maddening being from Wisconsin. Jake and I were talking about this last night, how spoiled we are as Wisconsin fans. They have Johnny Davis, Aaron Rodgers, Giannis, Corbin Burns, all of these guys in the same state. One place. All Cy Youngs, MVPs, titles. We're, we might have a player of the year. All in Wisconsin, you would Cy never Young. know. You would never I mean, know. Never know. And, and Christian Yelich is only two years removed from winning MVP. He could have had back-to-back know. MVPs if he hadn't gotten hurt in September. Yep, you would never know, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It ESPN ridiculous. will run an hour show and spend 30 seconds of it talking about Wisconsin. And the best part for me, I watched a little bit of first take this morning. Didn't have a lot of time. But, you know, they're talking about the Bucks and Lakers. Hey, Heisman soon. Dad's Ooh, calling I like it. that. Dad's calling it. Okay. I like it. Hey, my dad calls a lot of I stuff. I like it. I'll just say That's that. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, damn, I'm so mad I didn't think of that. God damn it. This <laughs> took my whole mindset away. Okay. So the reason, you know, I watched First Take, when they were talking about Bucks and Lakers, you know the only thing they were talking about is what's wrong, with, what's wrong with the Lakers? Is Westbrook doesn't fit with L.A. Oh, uh, yeah. We know we know that for two months now. Okay. We don't need I to knew that before they. I knew that before they traded for him. I said Westbrook is not a good fit for that team. I know. I he got the distributor. Got... He needed the distributor version of Westbrook and not the scoring, you know, do everything but, Wizards Thunder version of Westbrook. But on top of that, Westbrook isn't that great of a playmaker. I'm sorry. He's just not. I don't care if he averages triple doubles. When you grab 15 rebounds, so that's guaranteed possessions, you're the point guard. You always bring the ball up the floor. Of course, he's going to get assists. The ball's in his hand 90% of the game. And he should get 10 assists. On him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> he should get 10. He's just, yeah. he's just not that great of a passer to me. Look at look at watch Chris Paul tape, right? And then watch Russell Westbrook tape. You tell me what comes out to you. When you watch Chris Paul, you're gonna be like, damn man, that guy's a good teammate. He sets up his guys, he's really good, he hits him right in the hands, right? He runs when you look at Westbrook, roll, wow. you're like you're like, damn man. I mean, Westbrook is crazy athletic, he gets to the rim, he can fly. He's yep. not even doing that now. The best part of this game, we're gonna talk about Bucks and Lakers now. The best part of this game was watching Westbrook get a rebound. Over Giannis, right? Giannis missed the rebound. He took a six-foot jumper, and Giannis is just like, yeah, that's Westbrook. I'll let him shoot that. And he literally hit the underside of the rim. I was like, oh, hell no. Westbrook is down bad, man. And I used to love Russ, but he's down bad. I proposed the question. I asked him, like, does Westbrook have the yips? Like, he doesn't doesn't have the confidence of his teammates. And, Brad, this is going to kind of tie into your question why LeBron seems to ignore Giannis. I think it's a... I'm not going to say that LeBron is afraid of Giannis, but I realize that he sees Giannis as a threat because he, he mentioned it that, you know, the Bucks are the defending champions for a reason. It's he not, did. you know, he talked about, um, it was funny. Did you watch his interview when he talked, when he got asked about, you know, if, uh, if it hits, if it hits differently losing to a team like the Bucks, and, you know, he asked, you know, hits differently how, and LeBron went on to talk about, you know, do I think that we're on Milwaukee's level? And he said no. And he goes, do you think the the Lakers can get to the level the Bucks are at? And he said no. Watching Anthony Davis's face during that, like he just looks like a sad puppy. Well, when he Bro. sees Giannis walk on the floor, he acts like a sad puppy. I'm just going to say that. 
Dude, Giannis blocked his jump shot last night. Dude, that's like the f- freaking like fourth time in the last couple of games I've seen Giannis. I'm like, how does he block a jump shots? What's wrong with this guy? Never seen that before in my life. Guys are doing step backs. Get the hell out of here. Nope, not not doing that. He did it in the Wizards game too, I remember, on the baseline. Brad, Giannis, Giannis set the tone very early in that game on both ends of the floor. He had two blocks early, and he scored 13 points in the first quarter. See, now I'm going to bring up first take again because Stephen A. made a very good point. I don't respect Stephen A.'s football opinion, but he does know ball. He knows basketball. The thing he said about the Bucks is he said, Giannis is the leader on that team, 100%. Yep. When he, he brings energy, right? He yep. Opening tip, Giannis is 100 miles an hour. His team responds to that, right? You follow your leader. Westbrook was supposed to be that for the Lakers because Westbrook is a guy you looked at. He goes 100 miles an hour. He's a little reckless, but he's all energy all day, right? The Lakers are not responding to that. So now Russ is kind of falling back, and he's losing confidence in himself, and they're following LeBron. And let's be honest, I love LeBron. But LeBron, he has a tendency, you know, kind of like Rodgers, where if he starts getting his butt whooped, somebody starts taking it to him a little bit, might back up a little bit, right? So, you know, I wanted to answer Brad's, Brad's question, and this is what I'm going to say. They call it a passing of the torch, right? No, Giannis took that motherfucker from him. He said, give me that. That's mine. This is my crown. Thank you very much. Go retire. That's what he said. <laughs> Sorry. That's, and that, that's, that's exactly how I feel when I watched the game last night. The, actually, both the games, Bucks lakers right? Giannis was just like, listen. AD's more talented than me. LeBron's still the best player in the league. Give me that. He took it. Giannis straight up took what he wanted, and I love him for it. Yeah, at the end of the day, Giannis is uh, the best player in the the, league. He's the best player in the league. He is. Sorry. It's it's over now. (laughs) Jokic Jokic is is crazy talented, and he's, he's, he's an MVP. He's deserving MVP. And yeah. his his play just doesn't translate to wins as often as it does for Giannis. I, I recognize that Denver is going to be a different team when they're healthy, mm-hmm. but even when they're healthy, I still don't think that Jokic gives as much energy to his team translating to wins and, you know, just overall general play of his teammates. Like, like Jokic sets guys up and he commands so much attention and he's he's so deliberate with what he does. But you just said it. Giannis brings all that energy, that intensity. Mm-hmm. And Brad brought up something that I wanted to bring up, that he's the best player and only getting better. Because Dwayne Wade said that at halftime. Mm-hmm. Giannis is the MVP and he's still improving. That's a problem. He's still adding that post fade. LeBron was guarding Giannis. Giannis backed into his chest twice, faded baseline, and cashed a post fade. Bro, you, you cannot right? defend that at six eleven. You cannot defend that. Bro, he did an in out dribble out of the freaking post, went back to the post, said "little dude" and faded. I said, "Oh hell no!" He just took his ass out back. It was no dude. LeBron was so far behind him, all he could do is touch his belly button. He stood no chance on that play. And then my favorite part. Sorry to take you. My favorite part of the whole game is that Giannis is shooting threes, right? Anthony Davis fouled Giannis behind the three-point line. <laughs> it's over now. It is now over. That was the point when I messaged the group and I was like, it's over. You can't guard him. You're following him behind the three-point line. Now you can't guard him. 
It's it's a wrap. I'm sorry. The only thing you can do is follow him, just like Shaq. That's it. It's impossible now. But Giannis handles the ball, unlike Shaq. No. Yes. You're not we're no. not trading you Middleton. No, you keep Russell. <laughs> so and I saw some people I for one am loving what's happening with James Harden. Because I've been telling people for probably like five years now that James Harden is a cancer to every team he goes to, every team he's been on. He is a cancer. And now he is literally throwing tantrums. Like the the Bleacher Report headline literally said screaming to get out of Brooklyn. He is with two top 20 players, one top five player, and he wants out. What a joke, dude. Seriously, what that, a joke. That guy has he so much potential. He could be so good. He didn't need to to be the 20 free throw a game guy to score 35 points. Yeah. He's a good passer. He legit is. He, he, he is. could go he be is. he could go be a starting point guard for like 25 teams in the NBA. Brad it's called it's in my mind it's the James Harden rule. That's that's what it is. And it's absolutely laughable to me that he is now screaming to get out of Brooklyn out of a team that when he was traded there, all we heard was Brooklyn is now the number one team to be in the NBA. You know, and even at the beginning of the season, I remember having this conversation, right? And I was like, okay, let's put the Bucks and Nets up, right? Because everybody was saying, oh, the Bucks wouldn't have won if they played the fully healthy Nets. Okay, let's look at it this way. Giannis, two-way player, right? Drew Holiday, two-way player, right? Chris Middleton, two-way player. He's lower, little lower level on defense than the other two, but still a two-way player. Yep. Okay, let's go to the Nets. James Harden, one-way player. And now that the rules are the way they are, he's a halfway player. Kyrie Irving, literally a halfway player. He can only play on the road. <laughs> now, look at Kevin Durant. One and a half, because I still don't think he's good on defense. The only time size. he plays... He, dude, when he's 6'10", he's on a 6'3". Of course <laughs> you're going to play good defense. And he's kind of quick, right, for how big he is. He's he's yeah. athletic. But yep. he's a one and a half player. Okay, so we got three two ways, and they got a one and a half and two half players. Hmm. I'm not very good at math, but I think we win that one. <laughs> hey, I got another math question for you. How many balls are there in the NBA? Uh... One, but on the Nets, there's only one pair because it belongs to Kevin Durant. The other two aren't ready. <laughs> the other two aren't ready. I'm sorry. There is one ball. I told people when the Nets traded for Harden, there is one ball. You don't get to add everything that Harden does to what KD and Kyrie are doing. His production will come at their expense. It's There's one ball. They all play with the same ball. Well, they can't all score 30 a game. There, go there's back to one ball. When, you get a limited number of possessions. Right, right. Just go back to when the Lakers added Nash, right? When Kobe was still at the end of his prime, right? When they had Nash, go back to that. and Howard. Yeah, I remember when people were like, oh, my God, the Lakers are going to win the title. I'm like, there's no way in hell. Steve Nash's whole game predicates on dribbling the ball. Kobe Bryant's entire offensive game predicates on him having the ball 90% of the time. Dwight Howard is a pick-and-roll guy. You can lob it up to him. That could work. Him and Nash could have worked without Kobe, in my opinion. And he can rebound, yep. He can rebound, but, too. But Kobe absolutely destroyed Howard's confidence. 
I mean, throughout that season. Dwight Howard had to recover for three years after that. He got destroyed so bad. He didn't revitalize until the bubble. <laughs> Let's be honest. He was over there in Charlotte and Atlanta, and I was like, where the hell did Dwight I Howard go? Houston. Yeah, man. I was like, golly, man. I mean, but one ball. That's what it comes down to, man. And we've we've been having this argument forever. It, it's just th- – that's why the Bucks they work. And I was saying – I was calling for people to be like, Middleton needs respect. Yes. He takes a back that's seat to why I brought guys. it up. He takes a back seat to Giannis, obviously. Giannis is the – Makes everything. He's right. Go. He rides shotgun to Giannis, but he'll take he, a backseat to Drew yeah. and occasionally Bobby. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Isaac's comment. I mean, he's I yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah we saw somebody that said that Dante is better than Drew Holiday, which is just painful. <sighs> and you know what? Just... We talked about this at the beginning of the show. The worst part about that is that that person would not admit that they were wrong about that. You know, you know the question that I really want to ask is how many times you have to hit your head on the freaking brick wall to come up with that conclusion? Because I do not want to test. <laughs> I don't understand. Hey, let, me, let me just ask you another simple math question. Which is which is more, eight or three? Um, eight, because I graduated <laughs> second grade. Okay, yeah, good job. <laughs> All right. So I asked that question and I brought up Harden for a reason because I saw people saying the Bucks should go for Harden. Oh, God. Absolutely not. I would not trade Chris Middleton straight up for James Harden. I wouldn't. Because it's roster construction matters. You need to have guys that are compatible. First of all, Giannis and Harden don't like each other. Nope. Second of all, Harden needs the ball in his hand like 30% of the game. He's He really can't play off the ball. At least he never has. So, I mean, at best, you don't know if he can play off the ball. And, yes, Brad brought it up. Like I just said, Harden is a cancer. You have to know if you are trading for James Harden, you are trading for a locker room problem. You are trading for a guy that will hurt your culture. Give me Chris Middleton. I will keep Chris Middleton over having James Harden on my team, even though I could admit that James Harden is a better offensive player. Middleton is a better defender, and he's bigger. Harden is a better passer and ball handler. But Middleton fits this team, fits alongside Giannis better. Let me tell you something Middleton is really much better at. Mental toughness. And it's coming out right now because James Harden, I mean, they say winning fixes everything, right? And Harden is crying like a baby. He's sitting out games. Like, come on, man. You're going to get paid all this money. You're going to get all this fame. You you forced your way out of out of Houston, and you had a he had a good thing going there. Let's be honest. If he wasn't gonna win, he could have went down like AI, bro, and just been one of the looked at as one of the best offensive players ever. Yep. Best individual. Like you just, you just, yeah, you just put him in that T Mac. I mean, that comes to mind. Yep, yep. You look you look at those guys. You're just like, man, they can score, man. They were nasty. People could have talked about him that way. He would have never won a title, and I understand he wants to win, but you can't force your way to to a place with two other superstars and then try to cry your way out because you start losing. Nah, when going gets tough, give me Chris Middleton. Middleton went through the growing pains with Giannis, with the Bucks, with us, all of us fans. Middleton, 100 times, 100, 100 over 100. I mean, I'm taking him 100 times. Yep. Easy. So we're, we're just going to stay on the Chris Middleton because he, in the first half, just insane against the Lakers last night. Now, where I want to criticize Middleton just a little bit, is the second half, um, 
the, the team as a whole seemed like they lost their focus a little bit. It happened in the Clippers game as well. They got the lead cut down to single digits, and they turned it back on, pushed the lead back up to double digits, and they won by double digits. Mm-hmm. It happened in the Lakers game. The lead, they got closer, 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 because guys, they're not taking the same high-quality shots that they were in the first half. Middleton was a prime example. Middleton scored all of his points in the first half, only took six shots in the second half, didn't make any. The Bucks committed seven turnovers in the second half as opposed to four in the first half. Just the Bucks just gotta just gotta hone their focus a little bit in the second half yeah. of games. They did still win the third quarter in this game, 31 to 29, but you're coming out of a half against a team that you are demoralizing. Yeah, they were taking put their them, souls yesterday. Put them away by 50 instead of just playing the rest of the game and winning by 15. That's that's what I want to see. And I'm using Middleton as an example because he wasn't taking the high quality shots that he was taking in the first half. That's why he didn't score in the second half. No, the the six shots that he half. took, he I mean he took some where he's got like the big leg kick and he's you know just taking shots just at the end of the shot clock. So I want to see the Bucks maintain that focus of getting those high quality shots for all four quarters of a game. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is a perfect team to do that against. Maintain that focus and that wanting to get those high quality shots for all four quarters. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Be a great so, game, that being said, the Lakers crept back into this game. Budenholzer calls a timeout at three eleven left in the game. Draws up a play where Middleton starts on the. Let's see if you're looking at the the basket this way. He starts on the right wing, comes all the way around three screens. Anthony Davis goes to show on Middleton. Leaves Giannis by himself on the block. And LeBron didn't Boom. react fast enough. Yep, easy. Budenholzer still does not get credit for how good he is out of timeouts. Yep. Since he's been in the Bucks, he's one of the best in the NBA at drawing and scoring out of timeouts. I'm okay with Coach Bud, man. I love Coach Bud. If you're going to strip <laughs> Brad, Brad said in the comments, if you're going to a strip club, you're going with Harden. If you're playing basketball, I'll take Milton. <laughs> That's a high-quality comment, Brad. High-quality comment. I liked it. I, li- I like it a lot. Um, a lot. The first half was the most that the Lakers have allowed in any half this season. Um, Giannis went to the 207 mark in the third quarter before he missed a shot. Uh, the Bucks scored a oh, season high 109 points and three quarters. Um, and last week I called Giannis Shaq because he's literally Shaq level in the paint. Uh, he even dunks like Shaq. Like Grayson yeah. Allen hit him for a, like an open layup. Like he does, he grabs the rim and he brings his knees up. He even dunks like Shaq. I uh, know it's crazy, man. Um, that, that's easily Shaq's favorite player, by the way. Easily. It's not oh yeah, close. you could it's yeah you could tell close. in the halftime that he talks about it. Um, the Bucks really forcing the issue early. Um, 16 of their first 24 points came in the paint. Mm-hmm. So they're really just, just trying to get in there. Um, Drew Holiday got a layup right after Pat Connaughton did that dunk. So the Bucks just, they're pushing the pace. They're just getting efficient shots. They're getting in the paint. Um, 68% on field goals in the first half of this game. Most points the Lakers allowed in half this year. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say before I talk about free throws in this game. Well, is anybody interested in me doing the totals again? Because I did them for all three games. And like I said, it's impressive for all three games. Here's the impressive part about this one. 
if you just took the Bucks starting five, they lost this game by one point. The Lakers scored 116. That's crazy. So the Bucks scored 115 points, the starters. 34 of the 42 rebounds. 27 of the 31 assists. They shot 46 of 78 on regular field goals and 12 of 26 on threes. They were going crazy. All right, so my other favorite part of this game, right, was when Bobby Portis hit that three in the corner. He started doing the gritty. I was like, oh, no, he's going crazy, man. He was just – he was clowning Bobby for po- a little bit. Bobby Portis is, like, next-level efficient. He is insanely efficient in these last three games. Isaac, I got to tell you that I love you very much. I know you're a real diehard Lakers fan. You're my boy. Um, but I got to say – my dad literally texted me that same thing that you said two minutes into the game. He said, LOL, the Lakers and defense don't go together. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad out here. <laughs> I think I've read something uh, that Taylor Horton Tucker is their best defender by the numbers this year. What? Eek. <laughs> James, go back to the beginning of the show. We gave you a compliment. We did. Also, we beat the Lakers for you because you don't like the Lakers as a Celtics fan, and you beat the Nets for us because we hate the we hate the Nets. So thank you for that. Yeah, and New York and LA both lose, so that's good for Wisconsin. Works for me. All right, so free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws. I bring it up a lot, and I'm going to continue to do so. Hawks uh, were 12 of 20 on free throws in this game. That's a focus thing. Stay focused yep. and make your free throws. Middleton missed a technical free throw. Uh, just or a flagrant rose the flagrant free throw that he missed. Um, should make your free throws, guys. We're gonna bring Mike in in a minute here to talk about the Badgers. Badgers need to make their free throws too. Um, Mikey, Bucks <laughs> were twelve of twenty on free throws in this game. After having performed really well in the last couple weeks in free throws, the last nine yeah. games, six of the last nine, they were over eighty percent, over eighty percent on free throws. All nine of those games, they were over 70%. That's better. Last nine games, all of them over 70, six of the nine over 80% on free throws. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. So we're doing our power pair, and we're going to do this every week, similar to how we do the three stars with the the Packers. We're going to do a power pair. And Jake and I have the same power pair this week. It's Giannis and Bobby. So Jake is going to talk about Bobby. I'm going to talk about Giannis. I'm just going to do this real quick. I'm going to run through it because Giannis was just absolutely insane. Uh, 33.7 points, 11 rebounds, 6.3 assists, 68% on field goals, 67% on threes, which is just bonkers if that happens. Like Giannis is KD plus Shaq if he does that. Yeah. Um, Yikes. And 72.5% on free throws. Also, only average one turnover per game. I'm going to assume he's going to be the player of the week in the East this week. Going out on a pretty strong limb there. Just going to assume. So, with his average, he scored over 100 points in three games. That's crazy. Yep. Um, so, Bobby, uh, 25.6 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, uh, half a block, 1.3 steals. He shot 55% from the field and 68% from behind the three-point line. He was 15 of 22, bro. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh, Bobby Buckets, Bobby Three Point, let him shoot, Bobby Potus, Bobby Potus, Bobby, Bobby yeah. Buzzer. I mean, I love me some Bobby Portis, man. That's my guy. Everybody Dude, when, when he was taking the heat check threes, like Budenholzer actually drew up a play for Bobby Portis out of a timeout because he was so hot. And he still hit the heat check three with a hand in his face. It's like, you know, like, like you asked, you asked me the question, who is, who could not be a fan of Bobby Portis? And my only answer was Knicks and Bulls fans. Right. Like, dude, you, I was like, like as a, as a Knicks and a Bulls fan, um, like as a Knicks and a Bulls fan, how do you watch that and be like, what did the Bucks do that we didn't do? You give them opportunity. You give them yeah. a place to feel confident. Oh, man. Like, he talked about it where he was struggling for a while, and all of the guys on the team kept telling him, keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. And he's talking about trusting his shot, trusting his teammates to find him and, and taking the same shots. And now you're seeing, you know, like where he was down here. Now you're seeing the way above average version of Bobby Portis, and he's just going crazy. So – do you remember that word you said earlier about the Bucks? Uh, the reason that Bobby Portis works out here, culture, 100%. Culture, camaraderie, familiarity, you could say a ton of words. That's why he re-signed here. Yeah, the culture is amazing in Milwaukee. He could have signed for three times what he got with the Bucks. He had offers for like, like 13.3. He had a three-year $40 million offer on the table. I think I will always love Giannis Adenakumbo because he completely turned around the Milwaukee Bucks. Him and Chris Middleton. Middleton deserves Middleton, a shout-out. Yeah. Middleton's been with us basically from the start. He missed one year of yep. Giannis. Yep. But Giannis and Middleton completely turned this thing around. Jason They've Kidd, been here since the jerseys were red and green. Man, and I still have some of those motherfuckers. So. <laughs> I got, I I got the, the pennant right here. Oh, boy. I got my. Uh, I actually have a purple one over there, so I got that going for me too. So anybody wants to call me a bandwagon fan, right next to my champion, my champion flag and my champion towel over there, I have a purple and green Bucks pennant. So, I mean, it, we're it still gonna back. have to do a day where we wear the TJ Four jerseys because everybody <laughs> in Wisconsin has a TJ Four jersey, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> oh, he's gonna go get it. Here we go. Everybody has one. I'm sorry, it's true. Mine doesn't fit me. I got this. I got this. Look at this. Look at how little yes. this thing is. Yes. That's what my TJ4 jersey looks like on me. Except you don't want to see That is a Reebok belly. jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we ain't no bandwagons over here. We've been with it. You know, I get it if you live in a different state. Like, if you live in Oregon and, and you're a Bucks fan, you know, that happens sometimes. And you, you know, talk about the Blazers all the hey. time. But, you know, you've been a Bucks fan for a long time. I can respect that, but. Isaac doesn't no. leave me alone with Dan Gazarich because I brought up the one time he played good in the playoffs <laughs> against the Hawks. He played good, Isaac, okay? He was balling that day. Hey, just as long as you don't bring up Joel Prisbilla, the guy that Jake modeled his game after. Don't eat it all. It was Tim <laughs> Thomas. It was Tim Thomas. No, it was Kurt Thomas. People called me Kurt uh, Thomas one time Kurt because Thomas. my shorts were so small. And That's, I was shooting the I mean, minis. you got, you got, yeah, I say you got a little bit of mid range. That's valid. I'll give you Kurt Thomas. Drew Gooden, okay. baby. Drew Gooden, yeah, baby. Drew Gooden. You got to get a headband and shave your head, though. That no, no, no. And I, I'm definitely not doing that one haircut where he has a little square piece of hair on the back of his neck. No, nah, I ain't happening. We can nah. call you Jake Gooden. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm okay. All right, so the power pair, the easy answer was Giannis and Bobby. Um, yeah. The way those two played in the last three games, just insane. Um, yeah. 
Just going to real quick run through what's next for the Bucks Tomorrow night they play Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. They got a finals rematch. Um, Tuesday, they got a – or Monday. Monday, they got a Portland rematch. Um, probably going to have former Buck play <laughs> – Probably going to have former Buck Eric Bledsoe playing in that game. Um, and then they got a new-look Pacers team that traded DeMontis Sabonis and got Tyrese Halliburton. So um, a new-look Pacers team on Thursday, so it's going to be a little bit different for them. Um, real quick, before we bring Mike in to talk about the Badgers, tomorrow is the trade deadline, and there is a lot of stuff floating around with the Bucks. So what, if anything, do you think the Bucks are going to do at the deadline, and what do you think – the Bucks should do at the deadline. What I really think is going to happen is from everything that we're he- hearing and reading is that they're in talks to try to trade with the Celtics. I think that's all going to go away. And I think the Bucks are going to wait for the buyout market. That's really what I think is going to happen, which is plays very perfectly into your point of Greg Monroe is just to be here until get through the deadline. Just, yeah, just keep, to hold them over. You keep Monroe for, for 10 days. You find out who's on the buyout market. Thank you, Greg, for your services. Bring in player A. He fits our team perfectly. That's really what I think is going to happen. The Bucks have a bazillion guards. If they end up keeping Dante, love it. I love Dante. I'm not giving up on him. Um, yep. You know, unlike my dad, like what my dad was saying. I think the Bucks still need to go after a big. He doesn't need to be able to score. He just, I mean, and the scoring that he needs is catch, dunk. That's it. I just need a guy that plays defense. Okay, get some blocks and protects the paint. After that, I don't care. Yeah, so you know that's a, a good point. You bring up waiting for the buyout market. Guys like Sergi Baca maybe find their way onto the buyout market. Yeah. Um, I mean, strictly for trade wise, um, it sounds like the Bucks are reinterested in Miles Turner again, which makes me excited because I would love Miles Turner on the Bucks because he makes a lot of threes and he blocks a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So he he does what Brook Lopez does, but he's younger. Um, unfortunately to make that deal work, he would have to deal Brooke Lopez, but you get a, a younger version of him. And, you know, maybe if you can resign him, that, that could make the bucks scary for a long time. Then we're talking dynasty type stuff. If you can resign miles Turner, um, a more realistic trade target, I think would be Mo Bamba. Um, uh, he's another guy that makes threes, free throws, uh, <laughs> And, you know, he can finish in the paint and he can protect the paint because I said it last week, if he was sitting in the backseat of your minivan in the back hatch, he could start your car for you. (laughs) (laughs) His his wingspan is 7 feet 10 inches. That is a long ways to go, man. Um, Brad brought up another guy for the buyout market, Thaddeus Young, if he gets bought out by the Spurs. He's Um, in amazingly. Honestly, if if the Bucks get nothing else, I would seriously be okay with them trading – Rodney Hood or Semi Ojale to the Hawks and getting Gorgie Jang. I could see he that. only plays ten minutes a game, but he's efficient when he does play. So you bring him in to back up Lopez. I mean, it's, it's defensively, yeah. So defensively and and scoring wise, he's probably a better option than Greg Monroe. Yeah. Um. So if if the Celtics don't add Grant Williams to the trade, like Bucks want them to, to get Schroeder and Grant Williams, um, yeah, the Bucks might just stand pat. Um, keep in mind, when trading for Dennis Schroeder, his best years were in Atlanta with Budenholzer. So if you're True. concerned about his efficiencies since he's left Atlanta, like his best years were with Budenholzer. 
So the familiarity there, it could be helpful. Um, Jeff T was back with the Bucks last year for the playoff run. He was useful and efficient here and there, but um, played good. I guess, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, Dennis Dennis Schroeder is is much better than Jeff T. Yeah, I mean, a lot younger in his prime. So right. So you know, didn't secure <clears throat> the bag. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's rough. Um, so. Basically, keep an eye on the Celtics and Pacers. I haven't heard or read anything. The Bucks have been in talks with the Magic on Mo Bamba. It's just been a rumor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, tomorrow is the trade deadline. So, um, just keep an eye on, on maybe the Celtics and the, the Pacers to see if the Bucks can get either Shooter or Miles Turner. Other than that, um, Golly. Uh, Thon Maker. He could have been so good. I used to love playoff Thon. Playoff Thon, bro. You'd get like four blocks and hit two threes. Playoff Thon. We would go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if the Bucks don't make a trade, don't freak out. They kept that DeMarcus Cousins roster spot open for a reason. And, you know, if, if it doesn't happen instantly, maybe the Bucks give Greg Monroe a second 10-day contract. Not that big of a deal. Doesn't hurt. Um, it, yeah, it literally doesn't hurt. It's a 10-day contract. It's not going to break your bank. Yeah, keeping Demarcus Cousins for two point one million doesn't help your bank. Does not. All right. So before we switch to the Badgers, I have one thing to throw out there while we're on the subject of talking about the Pacers and trades. Since the Bucks traded Malcolm Brogdon, he has played in hundred and thirty-eight regular season games. Mm-hmm. Since the Bucks traded Malcolm Brogdon. They have won 137 regular season games. I saw that stat. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. It would have been cool if the bat if the Bucks could have gotten Tyrese Halliburton, but I mean the Bucks are are doing pretty well to have you know the guys that they have. I remember being really upset when we got rid of you know the president they called him, mm-hmm. but you know now we have Drew Holiday, so. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I know people are probably telling me I only liked Malcolm Brogdon because he wore number 13 anyways. So <laughs> That guy also thinks Dante's better. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still insane. All right, man. You got anything else Bucks related before we switch to Badgers? No, nah, let's bring the Yod monster on here. Come on, Yods. All right. He turned his camera off, so he's probably doing something embarrassing, but. Um, we're gonna bring we're gonna Just bring Mike back. He had to get the book. He had to get the book. Oh my bad. I get it. He had, to, he had to take. He was wearing a Michigan State jersey. I saw it. And he just switched it. Oh, he froze like that, bro. That's good, bro. You froze between your nose. That shit was funny. <laughs> the reception hasn't been the greatest on my end, so I'm glad you got. I hope you got it like a screenshot or something. <laughs> I can. Yeah. Uh, later, yeah. Yeah, That's you have good. to pull through the film. So we're an hour 18 into this show. I'm going to remember that. Oh, okay. wow, that's funny. Holy <laughs> moly. Oh. This Wait, guy, with his finger up his nose, is our Badger guy. I got hot because I laughed so hard. That was so funny. Oh, wow. All right, Anyways. so we got, <laughs> we got two Badger games to talk about. They're back on track. Uh, we had Mike with us last week to discuss goals for the rest of the season, so now we're kind of going to be able to check in on that. we got two games to talk about. We're going to start with the Penn State game. Um there is unfortunately a parallel of slow starts to both of these games, but uh, Mike, what were you seeing when you watched that Penn State game? Uh, I mean, it was kind of it kind of just brought me back to you know typical 
batter teams that, you know, get wins that were just gritty and not pretty at all, to say the least. Uh, it was very unfortunate seeing like our top two guys once, like once again, seeing Johnny struggle a little bit and uh, Brad Davison, who I'm going to get into a little bit more as we talk about him more because he's has not been playing the greatest lately, but um, you know, it was just one of those off nights for our, for our best players and to do, do it at the Cole center at home. Uh, I was a little, I was definitely a little discouraged when seeing that after even seeing this game, after getting the win, I'm glad we did. I felt like, okay, we're it's going to be a gut check time. Like, are we going to be able to compete for a big 10 championship or not? But I think that's after seeing that game, I was kind of like at the crossroads with that whole Mm -hmm. thing because like none of like watching that whole thing from start to finish did not convince me at all whatsoever, even after getting that mm-hmm. win at home. Uh, you know, there was just some things that, you know, just trickled me a little bit. Johnny was, you know, missing a bunch of shots. Stephen Crowell, I think played his bet. Like if there's one bright spot, I think Stephen Crowell actually played really well. Um, you know, given the circumstances, I guess Tyler Wall did. Okay. He obviously hit the game winning shot to, um, you know, put us ahead. Um, Chucky had a decent game too. I mean, we're going to talk about him a lot, obviously, I think, um, in regards to last night's game. But, um, you know, simple as this, I mean, the role players got got us to win. It wasn't our best guys to do it. I know we only scored 51. It was at home. But, uh, no, our role players stepped up and, you know, I'll take it, I I guess. But, uh, yeah, gritty, not pretty definition of Wisconsin basketball. So I just want to throw out there that I made my tier list last week. And when Jake asked if we can win big games without bench scoring, and I said, if this doesn't happen, this needs to happen. And then this happened and the Badgers won by two. This guy, this guy, yeah, smart guy. People should listen to me. I'm a smart guy. <laughs> um, this game, it was, it was honestly, I texted Jake this, that this game was boring to watch in the first half. Yes, it, it was. was. Um, both teams combined to start two of 16. Combined to start three of twenty. Penn State started one of nineteen. Um, How the hell did we not blow these guys out? Uh, Chris Vogt made them by twenty five. Chris Vogt made two of the ugliest moves that I've ever seen early in the game. He looked absolutely lost in this game, offense and defense. Like the only thing that he was doing was getting some tip outs or rebounds. So I give him credit for you know still making effort. But he looked absolutely lost. So I'm kind of glad he's senior and Crowell is only a sophomore. So we get a little bit more of Crowell and less vote moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm a little off the vote. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, a couple things here. Uh, Brad Davison and Johnny Davis were being doubled on every single touch they got. So this is what happens is you want to see – other guys obviously step up, but what I want to see is I want to see Johnny Davis work some pump fakes into his game. Um, like we know he can score, we know he can get to the basket, we know he can shoot, but I just want to see him work some pump fakes into his games just to try to maybe get some of the pressure off of him. Because if you pump fake while Johnny Davis is guarding you, he's going all the way up in the air to try to block it. Um, he did get up for one really nice block in this game, but I just want to see Johnny Davis maybe work some pump fakes into his game. Mm-hmm. Then first half. Badgers had five turnovers and only four free throws. All four were attempted by Lauren Bowman. Davison and Davis, if you guys aren't scoring, get to the free throw line. See the ball go through the hoop a little bit. Get some easy ones. 
and I'll build your confidence a little bit. Um, if, you know, if it worked in the Penn State game, Michigan State didn't do it with the double teaming. Um, if teams see that that works, they're going to do it to the Badgers. They're going to double team those two every possession. I want to see Greg Gard, this is where I want to see Greg Gard step up, is to devise something at halftime to combat that, to get those guys moving around more, get them coming off of screens, get them open looks coming off of the ball instead of the the dribble handoff that they run so much and then, you know, just trying to go one-on-one. You know, get some screens going, some pick and roll, have those guys off the ball coming into positions where they're going to catch and shoot as opposed to have to catch and make a move or drive to the basket to try to score. So I'd like to see Greg Gard try to devise something for them to get them some good looks. Um, uh, What I saw a lot of was when Davis and Davison were getting doubled is basically one Badger would just stand on the opposite three-point line. By doing that, you are literally giving them permission to play five on four. Because all you have to do is throw that pass way over the court, and by the time it gets there, everybody's recovered already. So having vote on the floor only hurts that because you can't cut back door. Jake proposed that question to me. He said, why does it feel like the Badgers used to score so many more layups? You have vote standing there. You have a defender just waiting there. Yeah. At least when Crowell's on the floor, he can space the floor a little bit. If you have Crowell standing up by the three-point line, you can have somebody like a Chucky Hepburn or Tyler Wall or even Bowman or Carlson. Carlson last night, or yeah, that was last night, got up. He got up. He made a yeah. real nice extension to throw down an alley-oop because nobody's paying attention to Carlson. Everybody's paying attention to Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. And a little bit now to Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall, who we're going to talk about plenty. But I just want to see, you know, when those guys are getting doubled, because teams are going to do it because it worked for Penn State. Penn State lost this game by two. Johnny Davis only scored four points in this game. Guys, they're going to double them. You've mm-hmm. got to figure out how to combat that. The Badgers were lucky to win this game. It was ugly, boring, thankfully Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, and Stephen Crowell were at their best, but um, it was ugly. Brad Davison forced some really ugly threes. But what I got to say, Badgers tied this game, 9.50 to go. Got to a point where they were down four. They responded by Davis hitting a jumper, getting a stop, Crowell hitting a three, getting another stop, Brad Davison getting a layup, getting another stop. Stephen Crowell hitting another three, getting another stop, and then Davison hitting a three. They went on a 13-0 run when they got down four points. So basketball is a game of runs, and the Badgers made the run when it mattered to get the win. Um, like I said, the tiers, Davison and Davis struggled. Crowell and Wall stepped up, and you got the bonus from Crowell. So... Happy to see it, at least. <laughs> I mean, Crowell was the man in this game. I mean, he was three for five threes. on threes. Yeah, hit, yeah. Hitting, a, hitting those threes, that was massive. But Yeah. He, he, yeah. You could you definitely know, tell, like, towards the end of the game, like, he, I think he kind of figured it out and said, like, all right, I got to make something happen. My my two main guys aren't doing jack shit right now. Like, I, I got to make something happen. And you could tell he was, like, he's not – he normally isn't as – aggressive i feel like and with the exception of this last game he finally you know took that step where like yeah i can be one of those guys to go to you know in a 
crappy situation like this. Like, mm. give me the ball. I'll make the most of my opportunities. And, you know, thank God that he did. And I think that <clears throat> just attests to, like, our starting five. Like, our starting five, I feel like at this point I'm confident any one of those dudes can go get a bucket for us if need be. I think that's the one solid, you know, positive Take for away. this yeah. team, essentially. So um, any of our five guys in the starting lineup, I can confidently say, yeah, go get a go get a bucket. They each have their strong suits, either wall in the post, Stephen Crawl in the post, slash if you want to put him at the three-point line, that's fine. I mean, Chucky's knocking down shots from anywhere now, and, you know, Johnny and Brad are going to do, can do their own thing too. So, um, you know, that was just, that was one of the takeaways for me for sure. Oh yeah, Jake. Jake, um, what do you got from the Penn State game? If you if you looked at the the box score of this game, you could just tell that both teams shot like shit. Fifty one forty nine. You're gonna be like, damn, that shit was ugly and probably boring to watch, and it was all of that. Everything that you guys said, completely true. The one thing I'm gonna say, kind of a question to you two, um, in in high school when you know the the coach can tell the team's starting to stand around a little bit, right? And, Tyler, I'm so glad you brought this up because that's exactly where my mind went, right? You're talking about getting double teamed. You're talking about going one-on-one. What did Coach make us run when we're standing around? Motion, right? Motion. Everybody get moving, get touching, get your head in the game. Okay, you're moving, you're setting screens. Now your brain goes focused on the game. That's what the Badgers need to do. Get other people touching the ball. Maybe do a ball screen with Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall, and have Brad Davison get a back screen by Crowell. Crowell pops out to the three-point line. You have Davison cutting to the rim along with a Hepburn going to the rim. That's troublesome if you ask me. He can kick it out to a guy like Crowell who can hit it, or he can throw it up, let Johnny Davis go upstairs, and bless you. That's all I'm saying. I mean, there's stuff that could be done here that I think needs to be done. Yes, Johnny Davis can, can go to the rim whenever he really wants one-on-one, right? Yes, Brad Davison can come off a screen and shoot threes, catch and shoot. Now is the next step. This is where championship teams grow. You need to take that next step, add another layer to your offense. You can always go back to layer one, right? Now you need to add layer two, and let's make this thing happen. Crowell and all these guys are starting to get more confidence. Tyler Wallman, I told you all last week, and I know he missed a free throw yesterday, so I want to hear it, okay? In crunch time, he missed a free throw. But he has a set of nuts, and he went to the rim, and he didn't give a shit. (laughs) He said, give me the damn ball. And he went to the rim, and he made that damn layup. And I was like, it's my goddamn boy, baby. That's my boy. <laughs> I'm on the Tyler Wall train. I'm on the Tyler Wall train, man, all day. It's Buy your that stock. The way, yeah. Yeah, the way that Tyler Wall played in this game was, like, reminiscent of, like, halfway through last year when he had that one breakout game. And it's like, this dude, Tyler Wall, like. Dude, he got the ball, and he acted like he was the baddest on that court, bro. He said, this dude ain't guarding me. Give me the layup. Yeah, bro, he he got there easy, honestly. So, I mean, I guess basically the last thing that I want to say about this game is at the end of the game, the Badgers had more fouls to give than Penn State had timeouts. That's why you saw so many fouls, timeouts, so many stoppages of play in the last kind of like 33 seconds or so. Because every time Penn State comes out of a timeout or is inbounding the ball from a foul, you you take the play that they just drew up and you erase it. Because now yeah. they're, you know, they have to. So they got to a point where the Badgers had a foul to give, so they had to make an inbounds play, and they didn't have a timeout to go draw one up. So they threw off the rhythm of Penn State at the end of that game by by playing the foul versus timeout game, and that's why you saw so many stoppages of play in the last minute of that game, and it resulted in Penn State taking a really, really contested three this far behind the three point line 
that won the game for the Badgers. So, um, yeah, at the end. yeah, so more fouls to give than timeouts that throws off the rhythm. Obviously, it led to a bad shot, so the Badgers did win that way. But, um, is there anything else you guys want to say about the Penn State game before we talk about Michigan State? No, 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 we're ready for the real game. I'm just gonna actually one quick thing, and this isn't really even about Penn State, this is more so about Badger home games. Mm-hmm. I've been a stick. This is the one thing I'm a huge, huge stickler with with Badgers and at the Cole Center. The atmosphere is, I think, bottom tier in the Big Ten, and I, yeah. I don't think I'm. I think I'm completely. I think the student section overall has gone cold. Overall, I think, you know, over the years it's just been trickling down more and more and more. And this could be another topic that we can discuss at another point in time. But I would be curious to see, you don't have to answer it tonight, obviously, like how how are we going to be better as far as an atmosphere goes at the Cole Center? Because right now we have a 21 team or 19, whatever it is. And to me, just watching all these games on TV and just, you know, in comparison to other Big Ten venues, like some of these places are freaking loud, nuts as hell. And I'm Michigan State last awesome. night. Michigan State, Illinois, Loud yeah. House, dude, crazy. Like – how does the Cole Center get back to that? You know, it's been trickling down, you know, for the last how many years, in my opinion. And it's, I, I don't know. I would just like to hear someone's perspective in, like, what what's actually going on with that. Are students simply just not going to the games? Um, you know, what's the solution that we can, you know, get, get a home court advantage? Really? Or, like, yeah, exactly. Get a home court advantage. Because to me, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's dead. I think it's, oh, it's dead. It's, it's quiet. It's very oh. quiet. I know what you do. I know what you do. I know what you do. Yeah. But the students on the floor. Yeah. And I've seen that suggestion pop up and I hope it is something that they take into consideration, especially after this year when we are having literally our best season since like our last final four. And to me, it sounds like I should tweet this, but like, it sounds like a goddamn library in there when you have no offense to all (laughs) like the boosters in in that place that are, you know, fairly old, but all I do is sit, sit down, clap, like they don't get into it and you, you hear a little bit of the students in the corner, I guess, but it's not going to like change like the game in my opinion for like it's, the team that's coming to town. So, so Michigan state is a really good example for it because when you're watching the game, you can watch the game on TV and as the ball is going back and forth, you can see their student section. Mm-hmm. You can see the, the part of the, the crowd that is the loudest and the rowdiest. It's right next to the court. You can see where their fans are getting excited. The most, you know, the most excited parts of the fan base, which is usually the student section. That's why they have it. So, <clears throat> I, I put a post-it note up so we can do this. I think that's a good question to ask when we do the Badgers primer next year because we're nearing postseason play, um, and then you know the home court. That's only what, what four more games. So I think that's a good question to put a pin in for the Badgers primer next season. Um, I will definitely bring you in to answer that question because you posed it, um, and we can we can dig into that with you know with one of the questions that we ask in the in the primer is how to fix the the student section for the Badgers. Um, so, moving on to Michigan State, Jake, you went last for Penn State, so I'll let you go first for Michigan State. What did you see from this Michigan State game? Okay, first thing I saw, any criticism that Johnny Davis got from the Penn State game, completely fair. He finally figured out the physicality and the double teams. 
That's all I'm going to say. Because Johnny Davis was a freaking man last night. He looked like the best player in the country again. He went on a stretch there where he lost that number one jersey. And I loved what Wisconsin basketball tweeted out. They said 51 wasn't on the scouting report. I was like, no, he wasn't, but he should have (laughs) been. But... He put on that fifty-one, and he just started taking over, man. He was hitting jumpers. He was getting. To do you want to? Do you want to know what he did? About how he tore his jersey. Well, it got torn on a missed free throw by yeah. uh, Crowell, I think. Um, it got torn by a guy grabbing his jersey on the missed free throw. But after he got his jersey torn, he had six points and three rebounds in less than four minutes. Damn, he had half yeah. of his rebounds. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he he ended with 25, 6, and 3, 8 of 11, 2 of 4 from 3. He really led the way. He And, you know, you're talking about going to tough places, and Mike mentioned Michigan State and Purdue. So Johnny Davis literally went into two of the toughest buildings in the Big Ten in the country and basically said, right here. I don't care. Sit. This yeah. picture right here of Johnny Davis will yeah, live on in Wisconsin was, history forever. Oh, man. Oh. Forever. That so was, I had to put this up. Uh, right here. Oh, yes. Love that. Davis 51. That will be behind me forever on the Wisco Fanatics show forever now. Love that. You know. Great addition. After I saw Johnny put up the L, that was immediately when I texted Mikey, and I was like, bro, you need to be on tomorrow because (laughs) that was some legendary shit I just saw. Yes, it was. And then Tyler Wall going, roadkill, roadkill. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. Equally as legendary, man. That, I mean, to me, was on the level of Sanborn and Chennault calling the, the Badgers linebackers the death row linebackers. Yeah, badass. And both of them are at the NFL Combine right now. Yep, so they is are. Logan Bruss and Jake Ferguson. Yep, so looking forward to that. Hopefully we can snag one of those linebackers and Jake Ferguson on the Packers. That would be nice. Um, But the thing that I saw last night was – Two good teams. Michigan State is reeling. I mean, they've lost a couple of games in a row now. Um, but the Badgers just played with more energy, in my opinion. They looked like they wanted it more from tip. Um, but Johnny Davis, <laughs> that's all I got to say. Johnny Davis is a road warrior, dude. He is a ro- he loves playing on the road, and I love it, man. Mike, I will I will update the stats for you now on Johnny Davis versus ranked teams, and I will I will get that. That's going to be my stat of the week this week because Jake and I um, yes. missed out on it last week. Bro. So Johnny Davis against ranked teams is going to be my stat of the week for this week, and he added to it. Yes, he basketball is starting to post it now during the games. That's how impressive it is. They're yeah. starting to put it out as an official stat now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. So for me, uh, it was another slow start to this game. Firstly. Johnny Davis got uh, had a drive that he got fouled on in the NBA. That's going to be an and one. That's going to be a continuation foul. I said it during the broadcast. In the NBA, it's going to be an and one. Um, Tyler Wall, commanding attention early. He The way that he has played, spoiler alert, he's going to be in the power pair. Um, yep. The way that he's playing gives me a, a confidence that I can feel that I say that the Badgers have a, a quote-unquote big three. Um, you know, it's not to say that – He's going to be all Big Ten. Like, he might be, but, um, you know, he's not going to be first team all Big Ten. But the the way that he is commanding attention early in games is only going to benefit Johnny Davis and Brad Davison because there's going to be attention on other guys. Crowell is another one. He's benefiting from attention being on other guys. Crowell, I don't want him shooting contested threes, but if he's wide open, let it fly. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
What I really, 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 really liked from this game was Greg Gard implementing a soft press, like a three-quarter court man-on-man press. Every time they did it, Michigan State got up into their half-court offense with no more than 22 seconds. It took off 8 to 10 seconds every single time they did it. All eight that to does 10 is seconds. mess with the timing. It just every single the time. Timing. They so deep in the shot clock so many times. I loved seeing that. It wasn't it's not even something physically strenuous. It's not a full press. It's just like um Jake brought it up when the Bucks did this in the finals. They started picking up three quarter court. That changed the series. The Badgers yeah. doing that, they started picking up three quarter court, just a just a soft three quarter court man to man press. It's not anything super intricate. It's not, you know, a, a run and jump type press. It's not a, a zone press where guys have places to be. It's just picking up your man and just making him have to bring the ball up with you guarding him. Mm-hmm. No more than 22 seconds every single time the Badgers did it. So that, I loved, loved, loved seeing that because it put Michigan State in a really tough spot with their offense. Because the last time we talked about Michigan State, we talked about how balanced their scoring was. How do you throw off the rhythm of an entire team? You put them late in shot clock situations. You can throw off one or two guys like Davis and Davison by putting a bunch of double teams on them. You throw off a whole team's rhythm by messing with their timing. Loved seeing that. Um, Chucky Hepburn, I'm really, really happy to see what I'm seeing with him too. He's He's starting to develop confidence and... A little bit of a killer mentality. He's hitting jumpers confidently. He's driving to the basket with confidence. He's he's not playing like a freshman. He's playing like a like a junior, the way that he's playing. So I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Chucky Hepburn. Um, Lauren Bowman. He gets kind of a bad shake in the first half. He had he shot three shots. Um, all of them were late in the shot clock. So they, he kind of had to force all three of those up. So I give him a little bit of a pass. But he did hit the third one. Got a little bit of a lucky bounce. But he hit the third one. Um, but what I got to see from Bowman is he's got to make his free throws. Yeah, Penn State, he was one for four in the first half. This game, he's got to make free throws. Um, Michigan State got the crowd back into this game. They cut the lead to three twice. Davis scored a mid-range. Michigan State cut the lead to one. <clears throat> um, Davis hit another mid-range. Michigan State cut the lead to two. Davis hit a three. Michigan State um, cut the lead to three. Davis hit two free throws. Michigan State cut the lead to three again. And then Davison hit a three. So, first of all, Johnny Davis is the man. Second of all, Brad Davison struggling, but he's scoring when it counts. Um, Davison makes plays in the yeah. clutch. Davison is a clutch player. Yes. Defense, I was concerned. Passing, shooting. Yes. He, and he stays – he's staying focused this year, which is something that I didn't see from him last year. He's staying focused and still playing hard. Um, I was concerned when the Michigan State big landed on Tyler Wall's ankle. Um, that made me really nervous. But he stayed in, finished the game. Um, Chucky Hepburn hit a clutch jumper to lead by six with less than three minutes to go. Um, Tyler Wall got a back down. He, he literally just, like, turns his back to the basket and doesn't stop backing up until he's in the restricted circle. And then he gets layups. Like <laughs> that's yeah. that's Tyler Wall's style of play. He's like, all right, I'm gonna start pounding the dribble, and as soon as I see my foot touch the restricted circle, 
I'm either going to pump fake six times and drop a pass to Crowell, or I'm going to put up a layup, and it works for him. Um, also, the switching defense was working late. Um, it's It can get the Badgers in trouble times if um, guys drive when they get the mismatch. So Crowell and Vote when they get pulled out onto the perimeter, if those guys are going to drive to the basket, that's going to get the Badgers in trouble. But if the Badgers are doing their switching defense and they can force those those point guards, shooting guards into contested jump shots, the Badgers' defense is going to be the best in the country in two sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the switching defense late in the game, forcing Michigan State. I mean, I guess you can you can say Michigan State deciding not to drive to the basket with, with bigs on them, but um, forcing them to take bad shots late in the game made the Badgers able to kind of pull away from a little bit in this game. But um, I don't know if you guys, Mike, if you wanted to say anything else about this Michigan State game. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really stood out to me from a team's perspe- team perspective, Jake kind of mentioned it with the whole energy thing. I simply thought at the end of the day, these guys out-toughed Michigan State on their own own home court. It's I thought it was clear as day. I mean, we were getting after it on the boards. We were, you know, the energy w- was clearly there. And I gotta say, how valuable is Tyler Wall to the to this team? I think this really st- stood out. I mean, we I don't mean to, to down, downplay this guy at all, but there was a time period, a time when we could have had the Hauser brothers on this team. Now, last night I thought I got a good perspective. We got a good like little Joey Hauser versus Ty- Tyler Wall one on one, and to me, it was just clear as day how much better collectively Tyler Wall is than Joe than Joey Hauser. That's just my opinion. I don't mean to be the biased fan, but you can just see it every time that they're one on one. Joey's not going to score on Tyler. It's not going to if. If Joey Hauser he's gonna he settled for jumpers multiple yeah, times. He settled for jumpers, and it, and if he did score, it was on a switch. Every time Tyler Wall was guarding him, like he he's not getting anywhere near to the bucket or sniffing the free throw line on him. So um, that was another big thing I wanted to point out. Tyler Wall just, I think he's a man amongst boys when in comparison to Hauser. So, um, and yeah, you're not salty or anything, are you? <laughs> a little but i was gonna i'm gonna bring up a point later about it it's like it was like it's like a what if we can talk about it at the end here but um i thought chucky hepburn played i johnny davis of course talk about him all the time mm-hmm. you know top three player in the country for sure right now chucky hepburn made some ballsy shots last night and i'm talking ballsy He's putting up reverse layups over Bingham. They're big. Yeah. And past him. You know, that was beautiful. He used oh. the rim to protect his shot. That was, that's a veteran move right there. That's, oh, that's good stuff. He's knocking down jumpers from the corner. I think they, that was the start of the second half. Um, just, just making clutch plays. His IQ is through the roof, offensively, defensively, especially. There's a couple clips I was watching even after the game when, you know, he was doing a really good job at helping helping out other dudes and getting and recovering and you know getting yep. back on man. So yep. I think it was Jeff Petrikas that was tweeting out some of those clip those clips and I was really, you know, look digging in deep into that. And his IQ I think is off the charts. And you know, he's I've said it here before, he's just gonna be a fantastic four year player for us. But yeah, um, I thought he had one hell of a game. I think this is arguably arguably his best game all year, to be honest, but because you know, he hit some clutch buckets. Um, you know, Johnny, 
Johnny's Johnny, but I Chucky, you know, stepped up last night. Um, and, and another big call out is that we were able to stop the runs. We didn't, I don't think we gave up the lead at all. I don't think nope. we got, I got, got cut. I, I went through the big stretch where it was, they cut it to one, they cut it to three, they cut it to one, they cut it to three, they cut it to three. Yeah. Every time the Badgers pushed it back up. Yeah. And I mean, you're doing that on the road at Michigan state. Like now this is the first time, this is the first time since 1963 we've won at Michigan state and at Purdue. So, yeah. I mean, this is such – I say this word a lot, too. It's such an unorthodox team, but they're just finding ways to win. No, we're not efficient. No, we're not the top team on the freaking Ken Palm rankings anymore like we used to be because that goes down to efficiency, right? These guys just let, just play hard at the end of the day. Not the best shooting team. They just play hard and scrap, and they're not going to go away easy against and they're fundamental. Whoever, they, whoever they play. And – you know, it was just another one of one of those nights where we just out toughed Michigan State uh, on their floor. This is, you know, right behind Purdue as like the best one of the year, in my opinion, as well. I mean, you got Houston. It's it's arguable, but um, you know, this is it, it was beyond impressive in my eye. Um, and you know, I'll even say this too: when we were up four minutes to go, we had the four point lead, fifty five to fifty one. It was really good to see like three different dudes stepping up and getting those buckets for us to go up by 10. First, it was the Chucky jumper. You know, then we got it to Tyler Wall in the post where he's really, where he's deadly. And then we finish it off with Davis going to the bucket on a hard drive. Yep. So that just attests to more, to more dudes that are just stepping and just says how good our starting lineup can potentially be, you know, with finishing up the year. Yeah. Um, and I guess the bench, I mean, slowly but surely, our bench did get a little bit better as well. Ben Carlson, he got with the few minutes that he got, he got a couple buckets, got some rebounds for us. I mean, that alley hoop right in the beginning of the game, that was pretty sick. Um, and then Lauren Bowman, yeah, he got his minutes. Like you said, the free throws, that is an issue. Um, I, he's got to correct that soon. Um, the one thing that I did, one more thing that, was really positive. I mean, we started off the game and even into the second half, uh, seven to fourteen from the free throw line collectively, which is not the greatest. But in the final one twenty-eight, we were seven of eight to close it out. That that was impressive. And you know, Chucky Hepburn was a part of that. Brad Davison was a part of that. I think Tyler Wall was the one guy that missed that, that free throw yep. memory. He did. He went one of two. Um, you sob. You brought that. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Told you not to. <laughs> but. You know, just going on the road like this, just how tough these guys for sure. I was telling my dad was getting, was texting me. He was all nervous. I'm like, just by the vibes, we're not giving up the runs completely. We're not giving up the lead. I think we got this because we we didn't have an answer right away. But you know, we did have an answer like when it came down to it when we were only up one or two points. So uh, just the the composure that we had to close it out. Uh, was you know can't go wrong with that and that was mildly impressive i gotta tell you something i got something that you're not gonna believe michigan state in their last two games hasn't led for a single second in either game oh really That's, yeah i saw that today i was like what that just sounds incorrect right now Damn. to your point i always love when we have guests come on the show or even when you know it's just me and tyler I always love responding to what you guys say because you guys bring up points I don't even think about, and I love it. So the thing that you're talking about where we out-tough them at their, at their court, 
I think the thing about this team, you know, you talk about how they don't shoot very well. The thing that they do, though, is they stay connected on defense. They are on a string on defense, and that's why we can weather these storms, you know. They always stay connected, and they're always just like, wait, defense is our our hold, you know, and that's the same thing with Badgers football. Defense is what kept them together and why they were able able to go on like a seven-game win streak, I believe it was, right? So they get the defense going. You get Johnny and Brad cooking. You maybe add a little bit of Chucky because, oh, my God, he's turning into my favorite player. He's just – Right. He's just – yeah. It's hard not he he's turning into Bobby Portis, let's be honest. Hard oh, not to hey, like that. you know what else it is? It's Chucky Hepburn's birthday today. Hell yeah, man. Happy birthday. Yes, it is. Chucky Hepburn, baby. Um, but man, this Badgers Woo. team, it's just it I don't want to go crazy, but it just feels like a like a elite eight kind of team, in my opinion. I'm looking at them, you look at other like I I'm an old man now, so I just sit on the couch and watch ESPN and watch other college basketball games because that's what dads do now. And <laughs> I watch other teams, and I'm just like, you know, you, you look at all the heights and the pound-for-pound pound stuff. Wisconsin measures up really well with a lot of teams, man. I mean, there's going to be teams yeah. that have five stars, but like I said, the the way that this Badgers team stay connects, you know, on, on the defensive end, they got a chance. I'm just saying. They so got a you chance. you want to hear about – you want to hear about some measuring up? This is how Johnny Davis measures up. Johnny Davis is the only player in the Big Ten to lead his team in points, rebounds, and assists. Yep. Johnny Davis is sixth in the Big Ten in rebounding. He's, he's a guard. Five. He's like 6'3". And he is sixth. Six, he is sixth <laughs> in the Big Ten in rebounding. <laughs> the next guard is 23rd. Ooh. Ooh. I like that stat. Yeah, he's a man amongst boys. Here's the last. I'm, I'm enjoying every moment I have with the guy on our team. That's for sure. I've come to this conclusion just sitting here thinking. I think Johnny Davis likes when people talk shit. That's what I think. Because there's no other explanation why he goes on the road and just destroys people. And then, oh, yeah, <laughs> he loves talking oh, shit. That was so nasty. He was doing that. He's walking out the floor, giving the L to the student section and waving by. I'm like, oh, my God, Johnny Davis is Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah. that was yeah, nasty. I saved it. I was playing there, so. I saved it on my phone. Yep. I had <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That is awesome. I was like, this, oh. is, this is too good. This is a Wisconsin sports moment I'm going to want to remember. That, that Johnny Davis, moment. number 51. Get that yes. frame and get that signed by him. That, oh, yeah, wish. that, that is would awesome. Be legit. That would be legit. All right. So, so I got to ask real a... quick. Oh, okay. One thing, one thing. So we were talking before about how lucky we are to have all this talent. Do you think Braylon Allen can win the Heisman? Yes. Okay. My dad proposed it in the comments, so I don't know. I think, I think he can. I mean, you just look at, like, John, like Jonathan Taylor, he got snubbed. I know, like, Melvin Gordon, he got snubbed. Monte Ball. I don't know. It comes down to who else is, like, how many good quarterbacks are there going to be? Like, how many, like, who else is good? Because we were legit robbed of, like, two Wisconsin running backs that should have Heisman trophies. Monte Three. Ball should have one, too. Yeah, Monty Ball, Monty Ball, too. I mean, I think, okay, I think his stats are at least going to for sure get him to New York. That's what I should say. He should definitely be a finalist, in my opinion. He's yeah. going to have over 2,000 yards, yeah, 20-some touchdowns. I mean, the guy's going to carry the rock 340 times yeah. next year. What worries me is that if you get, like, a guy who's going to put up a freaking Joe Burrow numbers at quarterback, he might still get the edge over, you know, a guy like Braylon Allen. 
Here's the thing: if there's, if there's a if there's a college that that's you're gonna just my pick, thought, if there's a college you're gonna pick that you're gonna say, all right, your challenge is for a running back to win the Heisman. Which college do you send him to? Wisconsin's gonna be in your top three. Yeah, we're, run, we're running back yeah. you. Okay, we're running yeah. back you. There's no arguments. We've had way too many good running backs, dude. We can go back, and I love doing this. I go, on, I go on Xbox with my boys, and we just start naming all the running backs since like 2005. And I always come back to Brian Calhoun because for some reason, there's something in my brain that loves Brian Calhoun. I don't know why, but I used to love that guy. But Calhoun. Brian Calhoun, dude, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, Ron Dane. I mean, dude, PJ the list Hill. goes on. Corey Clement made it, PJ Hill. James I mean, White. Come on, man. James White. James White. Dude, that was my boy for a long time. Super Bowl champ. Yeah. He is. Corey Clement's a Super Bowl champ, too. That's yeah, he true. is. Yep. On the Eagles. All right. So, Mike, you had one more question you wanted to pose? Yeah. So, this is just actually an interesting uh, article that uh, uh, Jim Polzine from the the Madison uh, – what's it called? Madison – I don't know, the Madison paper. He wrote this article about, you know, what if the Housers would have, you know, came to Wisconsin. So, basically, in this article, it mentions, like, the layout of it. And at the time when, like, the Housers were visiting, you know, Wisconsin, everyone thought it was, like, a done deal. Like, people are just like, yeah, they're coming to Wisconsin, no big deal. Um, So at the time, the Davis brothers were getting recruited. Johnny had an offer probably since, I think, his sophomore year in high school. They only offered Jordan, you know, a walk-on spot at the time because all this was going on. Mm -hmm. And it goes on in the article, and it's – and Paul Zina stating that had it not been for the Housers not going to Wisconsin, the Davis brothers would not have went to Wisconsin because they wanted to really, really be a package deal at the school. So it was kind of like, like I thought it was interesting, it really interesting to, to point out in that article that he mentions that because, you know, if we get the Housers, we're not going to, most yeah, likely we weren't going to see like the Davis bros because Jordan and Johnny, they both wanted scholarships and they ultimately wanted to play together. So mm-hmm. uh, that was just a little like perspective or like a what if moment. And uh, just, I don't know. It, it would be, it was, it was interesting to read huh. that for sure to say the least uh, because with like the scholarship availability and all that. And uh, you know, at the time, yeah, they didn't offer Jordan. They waited till about, I think it said, after the Housers like went their own way, went to Virginia and Michigan State, about 10 days later was when they offered Jordan. And then that's when they ultimately committed to Wisconsin. Okay. Hmm. So here's the yeah. thing with that. Who do we replace Johnny Davis with at that point in time if we don't get him, right? Exactly. Like, Oh, man, that changes everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, screw Hauser. I like Johnny Davis. I'm good. Nah, yeah, nah, 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 nah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we that got number fifty-one is pretty team. good, huh? <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of on our team, man. Of course, I would love that. He, but... he should change his number for the rest of the season. We're fifty-one. For oh the rest my of the god! Year. If he did that, I would. I mean, here's the thing with that: this would suck not having this. Like, <laughs> it kind of it kind of loses its legendary value a little bit. If you know, with with sure. the, the L and stuff, if he changes, just stay number one. You know, just keep we'll it the all, moment. Yeah, we'll always remember fifty-one is. Right yeah. here. Oh, that's how I remember. <laughs> that's awesome. That'd be a sad right. move, though. That was that was awesome. Legendary. It instantly made me think of Damian Lillard when he did that. Uh, Mike, did you put together a power pair? It's totally <laughs> up to you if you did or didn't. Oh, uh, I didn't. Not let me listen. Let me listen to you guys first. And I think right. I can think about something on the fly. 
we have the same. I already we have know the same too. I already know Tyler, is, it, is it Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn? Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I'll is. show you. I'll Those show you. two cause problems on defense. Those two are problems on defense. Yeah. They oh man, dude. Those two on the defensive end. They are problems. All right, Jake. Which one do you want? I'll take the other one. I want Wall. All right. Do Tyler Wall. I'll do Chucky Hepburn. Tyler Wall, man. What can, what can I say about this guy? He can guard multiple positions. He can score in the paint. He can pass the ball. He can rebound. And he loves to bang. You look at this guy and you're just like, man, this is some skinny-ass little white dude, bro. What is he doing on this court with all these, you know, NBA prospects? But, dude, he will whoop your butt. He averaged 11.5 points, six rebounds, one assist. He shot 57% from the field, 11 of 19, and one game-winning layup that we desperately needed. Tyler Wall played very well this week. I would argue he was maybe the best player for the Badgers this week. That's fair. Um, Tyler Wall averaged 11.5 points and six rebounds in the two games. Um, 57.8% on field goals. Flipping over to Chucky Hepburn, who I already mentioned, his defense, he – He's very, very good at recognizing where his man is and being able to take two to three steps on a guy who's trying to back down on one of our bigs. Mm-hmm. And he's perfect at recovering and then keeping his man in front of him. So Chucky Hepburn, as a freshman, already, mm-hmm. I would say, one of the better defending guards in the Big Ten because of, like, up here. Chucky Hepburn's basketball IQ is already there. It's not something he needs to learn. He's, he just needs to basically just get more experience and develop some killer mentality and a little bit of polish. And I'm going to say it now because I'm excited for it. When Johnny Davis goes to the show next year and Brad Davison graduates at 30, because um, <laughs> Brad Davis has been here forever, uh, the next year, next year is going to be the Chucky. I know. player in the Big Ten. Yeah. I could, t- yeah. I could tell that you were, you were a little, you were, you said it so fast. You were waiting for that motherfucker all day, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next season, next season, like we knew this season coming into it, it was going to be the Johnny Davis show. Next yeah. season is going to be the Chucky Hepburn show. I'm calling it now. Next season. You know the most impressive be- thing about Hepburn is at 18, 19 years old now. Kind of like Braylon Allen, I'm not saying he's, he has that impact on this Badger basketball team. He has the body already. You look at Braylon Allen, he came into college, you're like, ah, he needs to learn the offense, all this shit. He had the body already. He was ready to bang in the Big Ten. Same thing about Chucky Hepburn. He can be physical. He can run through those screens because Big Ten is big boy stuff, right? Yeah. We got some big old country boys around here, right? I mean, look at look at Illinois. Barn they ball. got a bunch of Barn ball. big giant dudes. And look at and Purdue's got big guys. Purdue's got humongous guys. Hepburn can run through that stuff, and he could deal with that physicality. If he gets a jump shot, it's over. It is a wrap. He so, will probably be the best player in the Big Ten next year. Chucky Hepburn averaged ten and a half points in these two games. He's fifty percent on field goals. Only committed one turnover in the two games there combined. So, Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall definitely the power pair this week. I don't know if you wanted to add anything, Mike. Yeah, you guys hit it on the head. I, I did forget that mentioned the turnover thing you just mentioned it though thank you for that uh that was one thing i wanted to point out with chucky pepper in those last two games so uh no it's incredible it's incredible it just goes back to show like more guys are just stepping up especially in our starting five 
as the season goes on, no matter That's what I ugly, said. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see. I'm taking, you know, one ga- game at a time, even as a fan, when I'm like pissed off, I'm just going to try and enjoy as best I can, because most likely we're not going to, well, a hundred percent, we're not going to have the same team uh, next year with Brad being uh, gone and Johnny more than likely being gone. So uh, he's, um, he's going to make some money next year. Yeah. I'm 99.9% sure he's gone. So, uh, no, it's going to be fun to watch. I this this last game here specifically, it gave me hope that um, you know we are definitely a player for the bit for the Big Ten for sure. And you know if we can play like this tough, like honestly on the road, and obviously we're going to have to do it on a neutral site eventually. Um, you know, just that defense is going to keep us in games and just be there at the end of the day. And I don't see anybody blowing us out or anything like that. I mean. I guess Illinois, maybe an exception. Ohio State, maybe an exception. We were pretty much out of the game with like seven to eight minutes to go in those. But, I mean, two lot, two losses with a full lineup, I guess you could say. That's where the Badgers are at right now. And even at Ohio State, we we were down bench players for that too. Um, ben Carlson wasn't playing. Lauren Bowman was out. So, if you want to argue our full, we only have one full, one loss with our full squad. One loss only. You could, I, I would make that argument. So, um, mm-hmm. you can't really ask for more from this team at this point, as an overall record is concerned. So, uh, I'm just gonna and keep enjoying it, man. I mean, we got Rutgers on Saturday. That's a tough team, and um, you know, we just got to keep keep her moving. And hopefully, you know, the students can show up on Saturday. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's a Saturday afternoon, so. If there's anything about Wisconsin, they don't have a problem waking up early and cranking some beers. So if you want to come <laughs> drunk and be loud, come drunk and be loud. Yeah, and um, it's a one o'clock game. It's not eleven a.m. Yep. like like for football. It's yep. one o'clock. So you got two more hours. Exactly. Just to pound out some beers and some beer bongs and some shots and <laughs> let's yeah. do this thing. Um, so exactly, you already started, but uh, they play the Rutgers on Saturday, one p.m. on FS1. Uh, Rutgers are two and seven away from their building, so. The Badgers should be able to take care of business against the Rutgers. And then they play Indiana on Tuesday, probably part of the ESPN, you know, doubleheader thing. Um, 8 p.m. that game is ESPN 2. A couple things about Indiana. They are 13-2 and at home, so they're very good at home. They just lost uh, two in a row. They lost one at home. They got pounded by Illinois, 74-57. And they lost Northwestern 59-51. Um, with those 13 wins, they only have three losses away from their home. So really when Indiana plays well, it's in their own building. And like I told you guys before, we all know about Trace Jackson Davis. I know there's a lot of great players in the Big Ten this year, but Trace Jackson Davis is a guy that would be getting a lot more attention, you know, if there wasn't this many great players. But the Big Ten is just filled with a bunch of talent. And Jackson Davis is a guy that might sneak onto an NBA roster, to be completely honest with you. He's athletic and he can finish. He's a he's going to be a good player in the next level. He's six nine long. So, Indiana that could be a a little bit of a tricky game in my opinion. That'll be a yeah, tough that'll game, be a sneaky tough one. Big Ten is deep. This this and this Indiana next week kind of feels like this it. current week where you're looking at Penn State and you're like, yeah, we should win that game. And then Michigan State's a really tough one. Kind of the same thing this week where Rutgers at home you feel good, and then at Indiana is going to be a little bit tougher. You know. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All right. You guys have anything else? No. You'd be good to go. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Appreciate it. Bucks and yeah, six. I'm sure we'll definitely have you on back before March Madness starts. So hey, yes. And sounds good. We're gonna be doing a March Madness 
pool for all the followers me tyler mikey i'm gonna yep. get my dad yep. uh mikey if you got anybody you want in on this dude we're gonna tell you the rules right now winner we're giving a gift card i believe right yep 25 dollars gift, gift card to parker, to parker john's, to parker okay. john's. Yep, and then the loser has to take a pot of the face. On like camera. last place, like last last place yes. overall. Yep. Or last right? place gets yeah. pie. Yep, the person yeah. that like pretended to know something and then sucked. You know, kind of like I did. That's okay. Four that's times. me every year. So, um, oh man, <laughs> we'll see. I might I might see if Courtney wants to get on this. My wife Courtney last year, she it was freaking weird. Like she picked a lot of the first round ones right, but she picked like like six of the eight upsets that happened. It was freaking weird. Oh, I'm de- oh, I'm definitely getting Chantel to do this because you know how badly I'd want to shove a freaking pie in my girlfriend's face. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Uh, that's because she's done what, like three to you already? Yeah, dude, I'm sick and tired of this shit. <laughs> Somebody else get the damn whip yeah, in their eyelid. That Ugh. pie counts growing on you. I know. I'm starting to be really picky and choosy when we do pie bets because I want to hold on to my undefeated title. <laughs> no, you gotta get one. You gotta know. It's not that bad. Uh, it's not uh, that bad. It's good. It's more well, about pride. And pie yeah it's not that bad <laughs> like right. just, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you do not wipe up because you will go blind for a couple seconds okay you gotta wipe down okay that's just letting you guys know i'm an expert i am the face experience from the clown yeah. jake over here <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all right i have face trauma many times <laughs> All right, well, we will be back next week. Hopefully the, the trade deadline goes well for the Bucs. Um, no games tonight, but two more um, big games coming up for the Badgers and the Bucks. Um, got a big one tomorrow night. So, yeah, um, awesome. Tomorrow night is definitely going to be the one to watch for the Bucs this weekend. So, yeah, it's um, be sick. All right, we will be back next Wednesday. Take care. Right, thanks, all fellas. Right. Peace out, boys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.